feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 141 of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, we survived the holiday season. We're we survived over. 2022, baby. Happy New Year, everyone. Yep. We're, 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 we're in that Hopefully. I mean, we're recording now. this before. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. We're, we're recording this before the new year. If we're dead by the time this comes out. I mean, there. Yep, exactly. And and with the new year comes a new year of films. And, you know, in the last little while, we have made it a uh, mandate that we come up with a list of films that we're looking forward to from January to December of 2023. And obviously, there's going to be some films that we do not put on this list whether it be because we're not sure if they're coming out or, you know, we we're just unaware of them because sometimes there are surprises or movies that are very much under the radar. So you can't kind of predict the after suns necessarily that'll be released. You kind of have to, you know, listen and learn and find out about those as the year goes on and, and uh, becomes kind of, you know, the, the festival circuit and so on and so forth. So, you know, we are going to, you know, pick our, our films, but we're doing it a little bit differently, Matt. Um, and do you want to explain that? Yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes. I think we do. Um, I love looking at the upcoming year to see what's coming out, what we're pumped for, um, what we're excited for. And then also looking back at last year to see, uh, did we like everything that we were anticipated for? Maybe not ranking them per se, but kind of going through the list and going, did we see everything on the list? What didn't come out? What did come out? Did they all live up to our expectations? I think that's always a blast. So we'll do that on today's episode. But yeah, we're going to do it a little differently. Um, Previous years, Eric and I got together before we recorded, put together a polished list of what the movies were, and then would go on to this episode and give you that list of uh, of films. It was 22 for 2022. It's going to be 23. You get a bonus pick this year, Eric, uh, for 2023. Uh, We're going to just kind of- 23 and me. We're just going to kind of make the list up on this episode. So you'll hear all the debates of what should be on the list, what shouldn't be on the list. We'll probably go through the entire year of movies, both stuff that's going to be on this list and stuff that's not. And we'll kind of probably throw a whole bunch of stuff on and then have to kind of weed it down to those 23 films. And I thought it could be kind of fun for you guys to be part of that conversation and listen to that conversation instead of us just going, here's what we're excited for and why Uh, we can kind of figure that out all together um so that's what today's episode is going to be we're not really going to talk news or we'll talk trailers probably on this show because that'll be a big part of probably some of the movies coming up next year we've had a ton of trailers over the last kind of month or so uh leading into avatar and 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 things like that so we'll talk about all those on this episode it's going to be fun but eric before we get into all that how was your holidays you came over on christmas eve you gave me these dope ass mario slippers they're like oh yeah I'm wearing them right now. Nice. Um, nice. So I appreciate that. Your gift is on the way, I promise. Um, <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know mail. what? It was it was very nice to uh, – it was the first time over at uh, your parents' new place. And, um, uh, you know, both Mike and Anne and, and, and Sarah as well, uh, you know, are all very warm and welcoming and, and kind and, and, you know, had both uh, Kyle and myself over and uh, – 
it was also kind of fun seeing how warped and twisted you guys were when playing the one of the more later or, or newer versions of Jackbox. So um, that was a, a lot of fun. And, you know, hearing, uh, you know, stories from your Uncle Mark, I think, is always a delight to hear. <laughs> you know, his... He is a ridiculous man, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to write a book like he is filled with so many anecdotes that like it's just like you're, you, you kind of hang on like man, you have lived a life. Like there's sure. so much going that's on. That's one way to put it. Yeah, that's <laughs> one way to put it. Yeah, well, I'm glad you came over. Yeah, Christmas and the holidays, um, pretty chill. Uh, Nevis is visiting her uh, parents in Budapest. Uh, so I have uh, been on bachelor holidays. So that meant going over to my parents for four days and God love them, but that was enough. I needed to come home after that. Um, we're doing a family Disney trip in February, which meant we had to force my mother into doing a little bit more of a chill Christmas this year. Don't get everyone a zillion presents. Let's put that money towards this uh, family vacation we have coming up. So it was a little bit more chill than usual, but had people over on Christmas Eve. We went to Mark and Dana's on Christmas day. Um, got to, you know, see my cousins, hang out, have a great, ate way too much. I've eaten like garbage this past week. Um, but I think that's what you do over the holidays. And then yeah. getting home, you know, it's both been lonely and, uh, at times, but you know, freeing and, and chill at other times where I'm like, Oh, I can just sit here and do nothing, which is not like it's that different from my life before. <laughs> But it's, um, it's just kind of, it's both at times you go, man, I'm kind of bored. I miss my wife. And then at times you're like, oh, I can do whatever the hell I want. Should I play some God of War Ragnarok? Should I play The Last of Us Part Two? Um, I've watched uh, the first Knives Out and I watched Spider-Verse the other night. And like, just kind of, you just get into a mood sometimes and you're like, I'm in the right mood for this movie at this moment. And it's not like you plan to watch it, but you're just kind of scrolling through. And I threw on knives out and I threw on spider verse, uh, rewatch those bad boys enjoyed knives out more now with the context of how much I enjoyed glass onion, went back and watched knives out still don't like it as much as glass onion, very different movies though. I mean, Benoit Blanc even feels like, I mean, he's still very much the same character, but like, I love how different tonally those movies are. And I love that Ryan Johnson might go, okay, where is the setting? What is the group of characters? And then the tone and Benoit Blanc will kind of match all that. Uh, obviously more colorful being in the, in the Greek islands and stuff like that in Glass Onion. But Knives Out, I appreciated a lot more uh, on rewatch. Um, and then Spider-Verse is just, just one of the best movies ever, I think. Like I just really one of the best animated movies and easily maybe the best superhero movie. Um, and I think it just gets better on rewatch. Um, and I absolutely love that movie. So that's kind of what I've been doing over the break. God of war Ragnarok, man, this is a hot take, but I'm not, I'm not into it. <laughs> and I don't know why. And like you everyone, Richard Schiff, Richard Schiff, plenty of Richard Schiff. I just played through all of this Asgard portion and it was just an hour of Richard Schiff as, as, as Odin, <laughs> um, which sounds great and is great. Um, I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm slow playing it, which isn't a bad thing, but usually when I'm really into a video game, I binge it. Like I sit and I can't stop playing it and I just want it all. And I know Ragnarok people really kind of awarded it for its narrative, like its story. And it hasn't got its hooks in me yet. And I don't know what it is about it. Um, 
that it hasn't where I've even found myself replaying the last of us part two, uh, for the third time, um, again on like grounded plus difficulty, which is like the hardest difficulty just to see if I can do it. Um, and so something about God of War Ragnarok, I'm not into, but I'm curious to see again, speaking of the last of us coming out in, in January, which won't be on this list, everyone. It's going to be movies. I won't pull one of those. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm excited to see what they do with the the Amazon series as well. But I don't know how that's going to go. But yeah, weirdly not into God of War Ragnarok as much as I wanted to be. But um, that's going to be my holiday. Have you been like kind of watching anything? Or I know we've we've been watching something we can't talk about, which you'll hear about soon. But yeah, I mean, it, mostly it's been the thing we can't talk about. But other than that, I rewatched Babylon. Kyle wanted to see it, oh, right. so we went you did to go, yeah. Landmark Cinemas, and I still like it about as much as the first time around but i think i appreciated it even more just in terms of what it's doing with reconciling with a period where you know anything could happen and you take you know the good and bad sides of what it is and maybe it doesn't dive deep enough in terms of you know exploring certain issues within you know, the, the foundation of Hollywood in the silent era into the talkies specifically talking about, you know, the problematic moments, but at least it addresses those things in a way that say something like Elvis doesn't at all and kind of puts all of the blame and all of the problems onto a cartoonish villain played by Tom Hanks and kind of, you know, lets Elvis walk away, you know, unscathed where, you know, Elvis had many issues one being you know basically he was a pedophile and sorry to say it but it's true and then the other thing is you know like him you know again you know culturally appropriating african-american music and sort of taking it as his own so you know baz lerman glosses over those things and kind of makes it a puff piece where you know you can accuse damien chazelle of maybe not diving deep into one thing and it's kind of a very you know surface level examination of hollywood sure. chewing you up and spitting you out but at least he says that it's these style over substance but yeah he's also these times yeah. and you can't not acknowledge them at the very least and that alone i think is really you know again for a studio movie doing some very creative but also gonzo things in 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 the filmmaking but there's also some symmetry there speaking as of well. gonzo i <laughs> God, no. let's let's not <laughs> christmas is over we'll bring it up next year as, as as a part two um but yeah it's it's just one of those situations although gonzo and ba- uh, uh and, and babylon would be pretty funny uh the very muppet babylon <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> god um but yeah it's 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 a it's it's a really well done film. And I think it's one of those movies like over time, people will maybe come to appreciate it more. I think maybe part of it is always going to be a divisive movie. And and it's a downer too. It's not a feel good movie. Like it's not like La La Land where it leaves you in a really kind of hopeful place and charming place, even though again, it's very bittersweet that movie. Um, but this is kind of like it's it's much more bleak oh, totally, uh, and opaque yeah. in its sort of vision of of what Hollywood 
was and you know in some ways still is so as i crack my voice there i um but 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 again like i think it's a movie you need to see on the big screen like it's 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 one of those films that a lot of people will probably and oh it looks great but i will say the light box is probably the best way to see a movie like that light box yeah i love the light box so much um yeah or it's playing in 70 millimeter at probably not for long <laughs> at varsity. Yeah. It's probably finished today. Uh, I'm guessing I haven't really looked if it's staying for another week, but cause I wanted to go see it at in 70 mil, but it is one of those movies. I loved it and I do want to see it again, but that three hour and 10 minute investment. Um, I've already watched avatar twice this year. I've watched black Panther three times now. Um, Jeez. so like that's a lot of <laughs> time where uh, I watched black Panther again over the holidays. Cause my mom hadn't seen it yet. And my mom is a big MCU person. Um, she just recently did another, she does like a yearly rewatch of all the MCU movies and she's trying to make her way through the shows again. Um, but she hadn't seen black Panther yet. She's just, you know, didn't have anyone to go see it with or, or, or whatever. And I should try to start taking my mom to those premieres or something if I can go with her because I know she really likes it. Um, so I was like, oh, you haven't seen Wakanda Forever yet. I'm like, okay, let's let's watch it since you haven't. Um, and she enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I still really like that movie. I think it's all the same issues um, that we've talked about before. And I think they even pop up even more on rewatches. Like, with certain things, you start to notice some of the cracks a bit more, but it's still an incredibly enjoy- enjoyable and emotional kind of movie. And this time I sort of like passively watched it, um, but um, still a, a, you know, a great end cap to a mixed phase four of the MCU. So that was the other thing. And then some Christmas movies, which we, yeah, we'll wait till next year to do the great Muppet debate, but yeah. <laughs> what is the great Christmas Muppet movie? Um, they should make another one, another Christmas Muppet movie. Come on. You're not doing anything with them. Um, all right. That's enough about the holidays. It's a new year, new us, uh, but pretty much the same us. Uh, but before we get into this year, let's look back at 2022. Eric, do you remember uh, what we put on our 20? Nope. I have it up here, but <laughs> I can go through it and we can kind of see uh, if everything panned out or if we made some bad choices, some good choices. What did we leave out? Um, I think there's quite a few things on here that we left out that um, I just think we did not either know about at the time or didn't think that they would, you know, they were unexpected great movies. So on our m- Untitled's 22. Uh, I, I gotta make a time code one second. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Matt always with those before. time codes. Um, okay. Untitled's 22 most anticipated movies of 2022. Kind of talk about this and then look back. So we had The Batman, we had Blonde, we had Bones and All, we had Crimes of the Future, we had Bo is Afraid, we had Don't Worry Darling, we had Jackass Forever. Good for us. <laughs> Um, uh, we had the killer, we had killers of the flower moon. We had men, we had nope. We had the North man. We had poor things. We had Spider-Man, uh, no into what's, what's the new one across across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Across Uh, Spider-Man, Julie Taymor, Spider-Man across (laughs) the Spider-Verse. Uh, we had the super Mario brothers movie. We had Thor Love and Thunder. We picked the wrong Marvel movie. Remember we had that debate last year? Yep. Um, uh, We had Triangle of Sadness. We had Turning Red. 
Uh, we had the whale, we had white noise, we had women talking, and we had the zone of interest. Um, so few of those movies let's go over the ones that did not come out this year which has happened the last couple of years so bo is afraid the killer killers of the flower moon uh poor things across the spider-verse super mario brothers uh and uh the zone of interest all did not come out uh in 2022 so that's a good chunk of our list that we will have to debate make note of and figure out what we want to carry over so i'm gonna write those movies down as the first kind of batch of films that are in contention uh on this year uh list because if they were on last year's you would assume they're in contention for this year but they might not make it because that has happened in uh previous years as well um how do you feel about our list as a whole as I'm writing these out? Uh, um, think, you know, it's not too bad. It's, I mean, Blonde is the one film that I would yeah. say is probably one of the most Our biggest swing and misses, yeah. Um, but in terms of well, – we had a good cross-section. I think that that's the one thing, you know, not to toot our own horn, is that we do kind of find a nice balance between, you know, the studio blockbuster movies, the kind of big – higher profile films and then we also kind of dabble in kind of you know the smaller movies but then we can also find room for something like jackass well that's our show in in a a nutshell really right that's why i like putting out this list is kind of has that okay here's our identity here are the movies we're excited for yeah we're gonna have super mario brothers on there um but we'll also have you know the zone of interest or women talking or white noise or um you know crimes of the future and and things like that so yeah I, I agree with you there i do like the the mix and we'll probably continue that this year which will make so that's one two three four five six seven films that didn't come out this year cool. um yeah i would say blonde is probably our biggest kind of like oh man we were excited for that and that did not pan out weirdly this always happens with me i did not see men and i did not see there's one other film on here i didn't see i think or is it just men Oh, crimes of the future. So yeah. weirdly, like I, I just, sometimes things come out at the wrong time and I'm just like, Oh, I missed that. And then I'm like, when am I going to get around to that? And I still haven't got around to them. Even though I do very much want to watch both. I've heard mixed things on both, um, positive things on crimes of the future from you uh, and from people who like Cronenberg and, and stuff like that mixed overall, I think from people who've watched it and, and men mixed overall as well, which I think you were, mixed positive on men yes yeah there's there's a lot there to appreciate and i think like there are moments that are very captivating and disturbing and weird but i also feel like it would have been even better as a 20 minute short than a feature film like it does feel like of alex garland's output like it kind of does feel almost you know in a, in a way like you know, an extension or an epilogue to what he's done, you know, across his entire career, just kind of more going in a folk horror kind of direction instead of, you know, more sci-fi horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'd say the other ones that kind of we whiffed on, like, don't worry, darling was kind of a disappointment, a huge one. Yeah. Uh, which we ha- which I think is understandable that we were excited for that. And then um, I'd even put the whale kind of in that category to an extent where I think the performance is good with the movie. I've even 
feel less about than I did at TIFF. Um, we have a triangle of sadness, right? Where triangle it's like, of sadness, which I really liked, but I know you were kind of medium on it. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody's really talking about it as much as they were, you know, back when it played at Cannes and won the Palm Door. Like, I keep forgetting that it won the Palm Door, uh, you know, this past yeah. year. So um, I could think it's fine. I just think that we've gotten so many movies that have dealt with sort of capitalism and, you know, eating the rich in this year that the one is the one that's the most literal um the menu. is the one well the menu as well but this oh, kind of does feel very like well the oh, menu okay. yeah yeah the the triangle of sadness like sorry. i i yeah. love the one <laughs> sequence with you know the the vomit and things like that but i think because it is broken up into three chapters it almost does feel like an anthology movie and like that kind of sure weakens it a little bit because you're comparing it to the rest of the film but there's still a lot to like and i really love ruben oslin as a filmmaker and like mm-hmm. i'm always excited to see what he'll do and how he'll kind of make his movies because his films feel very much like you know you, you never know what you're going to get until you see it at the screening like even when yeah, you and we'll always be it. excited for whatever's next even after something that i mean i liked it more than you did but i understand yeah. that and and for me that's the northman for me i did not like the northman at all um i can appreciate it from a technical standpoint um but that movie just did not click with me at all so there would be another one that was kind of a um a disappointment for me on this list but a lot of this did live up to our expectations i think uh the batman we both really loved uh bones and all the more i think about it the more um i liked it you liked crimes of the future quite a bit i think we both really enjoyed the hell out of jackass forever um uh nope we both love um i guess thor love and thunder was another one that was probably more on the disappointment side like I think if you have something on this list, you want it to be a four and above, right? Like if you're, if it's on your most anticipated list, a like four I think and above, it, not a Thor and above uh, Thor and below. Um, I think we both were kind of, I was medium like mixed positive on Thor love and thunder. And I think you were mixed negative on it or more leaning towards the negative side of things. So I think that would be, Too I know much we were, Taika. De- yeah. Um, and we were debating between that Doctor Strange and Black Panther. And we ultimately went with Love and Thunder when Black Panther probably was the right choice out of those three, even though Love and Thunder and it was probably this not the safest because obviously with everything that they had to do, but um because of it, the history of the first movie being so acclaimed and nominated for Best Picture and things like that. I mean safest from us to choose that as a most anticipated. Uh Turning Red was a banger. Um I guess white noise uh, you enjoyed, I think, or appreciated. Um, I need to give it a rewatch, but definitely an interesting movie, I think. And then woman talking uh, was fantastic as well. So I think we made some good choices and a lot of them lived up to that very lofty high expectations. So I'm pretty, pretty happy with that list. Was there any carryover now? I'm going to look at our list from 2021. I'm sure there that was. is now bumped to 2023. Oh. That's what I'm curious about. Oh. Um, where is uh, Untitled's 21 most anticipated films of 2021? Has any of these not come out yet? No, we had T10, t- Annette, Candyman, Card Counter, Last Night in Soho, Dune, No Time to Die, Eternals, French Dispatch, Benedetta, 
Green Knight, F9, Blonde, which got carried over, Northman, which got carried over, uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, uh, the, the unbearable weight of massive, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which ended up coming out in 2022, but yes. we bumped it off of our list. Uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, which got bumped to 2022, but we bumped it off of our list. Probably a good choice from what I've heard from people. It's okay. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad yeah. movie at all. I think it's kind of like, again, it's the movie George Miller wanted to make. And if you're expecting another kind of spectacle in the way Mad Max was, you're going to be not, disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apollo 10 and a half got bumped to 2022 and Triangle of Sadness got bumped to 2022. So some of those did come out. Um uh, and then we also had licorice pizza and false positive, which was probably one of our bigger whiffs yeah. um, on that year. All right, let's do it, man. So let's, let's look it. through. Let's look through. So we're uh, going to pretend that the jury is the people listening and we <laughs> are lawyers representing films that we believe should be on this list. Uh, the most anticipated films of 2023. So now, we have go ahead i was just gonna say do you have a film right now off the top of your head that you that has to be on it like if you were able to see it on january 1st before anybody else is this how we're starting it we each get one to put on there with our ultimate choice the The ultimate choice the trademark ultimate choice we each get one movie Man, that's tough. So I put together a preliminary list on Letterboxd, which was just kind of movies I'm excited for. But I know not every film has a release date. Hence, you know, it's not easy to slot that into a Letterboxd list and things like that. If I had one movie, I'm stalling, Eric, because I'm thinking, do you have one off the top of your head? Or are you I, also I do. Well, I had two, but I'm going to go with something. I'm going to go with one that is completely new. Because one of the films that I'm very excited about is on the list from last, last year, year that will be carryover. But I want to yeah. introduce a new movie. I want to present the Iron the Claw. Oh, I agree with that. You the know, Von Eric's story, uh, the wrestling family. Is it because they have Eric in their name? Yes, but also because it's directed by Sean Durkin. Yeah. This could be a big comeback year for Zac Efron, who really needs it after the greatest beer run ever and Firestarter. Um, you have a film that, you know, is being released by A24, which is a studio that has a lot of movies when it comes to high quality adult films that are not just, you know, superhero movies or, um, you know, kind of franchise kind of minded. So, uh, there's a lot there to appreciate. And I think the story itself is fascinating. Um, and, and again, like you have people like Jeremy Allen, um, is it, it Jeremy Allen White yeah. from, you know, the bear, uh, Harris uh, Dickinson, Dickinson who, yeah. who was just in uh, Triangle of Sadness, uh, Holt McElhaney. So like, it's going to be one of those movies. Movie looks I, like it's going to rule. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know yeah. me, I'm a huge, me and your brother are big wrestling guys. And like, um. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on this. I love I love Sean Durkin, so I'm I'm all for that. I'm so all I, for that. I pick. submit to the jury, to the judge, the executioner, okay. the Iron Claw. So with this pick, this gets on the list no matter what, right? Yes. Well, if you agree, then it's good. Oh, you have to agree, or well, I mean, just, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, it's my it's my personal pick, but sure, I mean, if you agree sure. with it, it's even better. 
Mm-hmm. But if say I was to choose something that you don't agree with right now, well then we would then we would have to have a conversation about that. I thought this was but ultimate you know pick gets on the list. Okay, you know what? Ultimate pick, but you have to be true to yourself. You have to be truthful. You can't just pick something that's an ultimate pick so you can get it through. You have to pick something that you truly want. Okay, so because I know I- what you're thinking, you <laughs> son of a gun. Um, and you you uh, can you can do that, but then but is if your question is hey. If your question is Matt, January first, yes. you get to watch one movie right away. You get to skip to that movie. Yeah, you will be the first right person away. to see it. I, I can't because you know what I was going to do. I was going to pick Saw X. I know <laughs> I gonna, you were. I was going to pick Saw X, but I, that's not an honest answer no. to that because that would be a waste. If if they were like Matt, you could watch any movie in 2023 on January first. If I chose Saw X, I would want someone to punch me in the face. Yeah. Um. So I won't do that. Man, um, because I'm I'm thinking of ones that were you know got bumped. I guess maybe it's recency bias. Maybe because we've seen trailers. Maybe it's because we've I was anticipating seeing them this year. But like I have a lot of films that were supposed to be this year movies that got punted to next year that I think would be on that list. And I know there's some other ones that if I chose them, you'd probably be on the same page as me. So we can probably have. It's not that I'm trying to use this pick as something that you would veto or, or, or maybe would get bumped off of our list if I didn't choose it. Um, because I have things in my head like into the, or Across the Spider-Verse or Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, or I guess those are two that are up there for me. But then you know what I got to pick? Super Mario Brothers movie, baby. <laughs> I got to do it. I got to do it. you're wearing those slippers um, and that feels that it is true to you. I, after seeing that trailer and, you know, I know I'm going to love across the spider verse, probably who knows, you don't know, but like, I'm very excited for that mission impossible, dead reckoning. Come on. Like everyone's pumped for that. Tommy boys Uh, back. Super Mario brothers movie is so specific to not to me, to millions of people. Obviously it's not just for me, but, um, and it's very much a kid's movie, but it is something that's so important to who I am. And like video games and movies have always been that kind of one two thing it was it was video games and movies being two and then that ultimately switched as i got older and they are very close but i'm more of a film and movie guy than i am a video game guy anymore um but i played mario from the moment i came out of my mom's womb basically so like the super <laughs> mario I, I changed it the last second um i just seeing it done and done right is something i hope i can see from everything I've seen, it looks like that's possible. So if, and I'm the most curious about it. And I think that's why it, it is this pick for me when you're saying if you could choose one movie and I know it comes out in the first half of the year, blah, blah, that's blah, fine. blah, blah. Um, if you just said, Matt, you can choose any one of these movies. I'd probably choose that just cause I'm, I want it to be good and I don't want to wait to see if it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'd want to know right away of Will this, you know, this and The Last of Us next year be those things that kind of open the floodgates when it comes to, you know, not that everything needs to be an adaptation of another popular IP and things like that. I want original movies as well, everyone. But will this turn the tide or the thinking of how video game adaptations don't work? Will this be the one that kind of, you know, tells, at least from a theatrical point of view, that video game adaptations can be good? 
Yeah. And not looked at like a lesser medium, right? Like I feel like not that people do that, but I feel like, you know, gamers and, and people playing video games kind of get like sort of a bad rap. I know that's changed a little bit and everyone plays games. People play games on their phones, blah, 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 blah. But video game movies, especially too, have just been awful for a very long time. And video game adaptations have been awful for a very long time. Um, I have a soft spot for them. There's a lot of video game movies that are awful that I really enjoy um, or at least have fun watching like the original Super Mario Brothers Mortal Kombat you love fungus um, yeah like I do um, and we'll get to that um, but yeah I, I, it's got to be Super Mario Brothers I think like I'm looking through and there's obviously a lot of other stuff that I'm very excited to see but um, both is like last year it was a troll pick kind of and then this year it's like a Oh, I've seen a little bit of footage from it. Am I still scared of Chris Pratt? Sure. It's not going to ruin the Italian movie. Italian American think. actor Chris Pratt. Yeah. I don't think it's going to ruin the movie for me. So um, I think that would be my pick that carries over from last year. Will some of these other movies make it on our list? I think a few of them probably will. Yeah. Um, but that would be for the first two picks. I think iron claw and super Mario brothers movies, uh, are, are fun kind of additions. So, um, I think that's a good way to kick it off. I appreciate that. Yeah. So those, ID. those are on the board. So we have, those two are on movies. the board. We have 19 more picks now. Cause we've yes. no 20, 21 more picks. I can't 21. do math. <laughs> um, I don't know what year it is everyone. Um, so we have 21 more picks, um, how do you want to do this now, Eric? Do you want me to go through with stuff that has release dates month by month and kind of, I've made a preliminary list of like most anticipated stuff. I could go through that. We could go through everything. What do you want to do? I think we should continue to pick things that we okay, are go most back and forth, excited maybe? about. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, if there's something that we left off or we want to change, we can, but now we have to kind of so let's build that pool kind of thing. Yeah, like but we also pool. have to agree with each other to a certain extent to put it on the list as well. I think, you know, we can make deals with each other. It's like, Oh, well, sure. if you want saw, X, I'll give you well, saw you have, X, but you got to give me three art house films. <laughs> so yeah, something like that. Or, but, but I mean, not to that extent, cause I want to have a, a good representation of both of our and a 2024 draft pick. So you get the first two picks next year. Yeah. Um, something, yeah. Something like that I think is, is a lot of fun. So like, I, I think like those okay. are the things that we need to keep in mind in terms of, of that. Cause we could go through the year, but I think that that could just be monotonous where I think it would be fun just to be like, Oh, Hey, like this is something things I that we really think could potentially for. make it. So don't yes. throw out things like plane or Megan. Cause they're in the first, uh, week May I the, present to you, year. Megan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even knock um, at the cabin, Magic Mike, things like that. Even yeah. Ant Man. I don't know. Like that's too early in the year. I guess it, February you're starting to get to like okay, I'll give you a pass, and that can be a most anticipated movie if you really want it to be. Um, yeah. But usually it's like oh, I know those things are coming. I, especially a third Ant Man movie. I know what to expect. That's not going to make the list. Everyone, I'm sorry. Even though I'm excited for Kang too, but like. I'm Kang not, two, <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> not. I'm not. I'm not two. putting it on the list. Okay, so since I did Super Mario Brothers, let's build a pool. So these, this isn't putting them on the list right now. Everyone, we're just building. Other than a, the first two, I would say the first two yeah, are on the first list. two are locked in. Twenty three Mario most Brothers and the Iron Claw, which I mean, the Iron Claw could be about the Mario family. It could. It could. Um. So let's start throwing stuff in a a big pool, and then 
once we count out how many movies are in there, we'll probably have over um, 23 or 21 of those. So then we can kind of start going, this is the most important thing for me to get in there, yada, yada, yada. So right now we have Bo is Afraid, The Killer, Killer of the Flowers Moon, Flower Moon, Poor Things, Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I can eliminate Super Mario Brothers because it carried over. And we also have The Zone of Interest. So that's in the pool right now. Those are potential picks. So uh, Eric, I'll toss You're it to you. are in the infinity there, pool. <laughs> is there any... Hey, there you go. That's also coming in January. The end right? of January, so, yeah. Um, anything you want to throw on the list right away as a... as a in Not on the list, sorry. In the, in the pool. In the potential pool. pool. Okay. Yeah. You want to dip so, your toe in the pool with anything. No, I don't want to dip my toe. I want to dip my bottom. And what I mean by bottom is bottoms. Emma Seligman's okay. follow-up to Shiva Baby. Oh, I like that. See, that's a, that's something that I wouldn't have found on Wikipedia or even um, you know, no, because it's in post production. But here's 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 the log line. It's basically an, a version of Fight Club. Two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's the log line. Um, Rachel Senat is back. Yeah, and okay. everyone's favorite uh, football player, uh, Marshawn Lynch, is also in the movie. I love Marshawn Lynch, man. Did you watch the Murderville Holiday Special? No, I, I didn't. That's it's funny. Yeah, so well, wait till next year. But I think yeah. bottoms bottoms has to be in the pool. Okay, bottoms at is least in the, pool. in the pool. I like that. I like that pick. You go for some of the things that I have no idea that were coming out this year, probably, and then uh, I'll throw out some obvious ones. We can like speed run through some of the big ones to kind of be in the potential list. So, um, I you know earliest like I don't think Cocaine Bear is going to make our list. So like let's not not bother with that unless you really want to push. No, for I think it. those I are like, I think those are movies we're we're obviously going to cover and we're excited about. But it is one of those things where unless it is like. A really, I mean, we we're both excited about Megan and Plane, but it's for different reasons. And yeah, like, I, we want to be honest, you know, like we want to we want to pick things that we truly are. I, I almost feel like the cutoff should be or like like February almost. You it, know? it is. So I'll give some honorable mentions to Megan, to Plane, to Knock at the Cabin, to Magic Mike's Last Dance, to Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, to Cocaine Bear. But I will start the bidding at Creed Three. Of being potentially on the on the Not list Kang because too, like <laughs> no because like I, I'm a little hesitant because Creed two good okay. movie yeah good movie but like it's no Creed one right yeah. um and with Michael B Jordan directing the third one I'm a little intrigued um with no Kang two being in it yeah. um, with Jonathan majors being kind of the villain or the adversary and shot partially with IMAX cameras. And uh, also uh, Michael B. Jordan talking in interviews that anime was a big inspiration for him. Cause I know he's a big anime guy um, for the boxing sequences and stuff. I'm like, that gets me pretty excited. Um, but I'm going to say throw it in the pool. I don't know if it's going to make it. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for Creed three, but I don't know how high my hype levels really are. I don't know how you feel. I think he definitely needs to go in the pool because that's how boxers train. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. I think, I think like, 
you know, Michael B. Jordan behind the camera is this new kind of factor, which like could be a make or break thing, or or maybe like that won't be a problem at all. And maybe he'll just be like, you know, he'll depend on the second unit to do a lot of that stuff. But this this could be something that is very exciting. And like, why not? I mean, Stallone directed most of the Rocky yeah. movies. And, you know, it's, it's, again, you have someone like Jonathan Majors, who is an incredible actor and a formidable foe, um, you know, absolutely fucking ripped. These guys movie. are just going to be like, fucking like, I got to go to the gym after this. <laughs> and like, yeah. I, and, and I think it's one of those early year movies that is both like, a, like, it'll be a fun kind of blockbuster film, but also like, maybe there'll be a little bit more to it in terms of its depth and, and what jordan is saying because like again like that anime thing has me interested now and like maybe this will change the style maybe it won't but maybe it will change the style of how we watch you know a sporting event specifically two grown men beating each other up (laughs) yeah so i'll throw creed 3 out there i could continue with some of the bigger ones or if you want to throw something in um, well let's let's go back and forth let's go back and forth before you know we'll 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 throw a lot of these in so we'll we'll there don't worry everybody there's gonna be plenty strap in i got (laughs) it's gonna be a long one uh so i want to put uh miyazaki's next movie into the pool how do you live uh which this is a film (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lily, how, how do you live? That's a very Tiff joke. No yeah. one will get that unless you went to Tiff like four years ago. Which is a film that could actually end up playing at this year's Tiff. You know, um, I, I think Miyazaki coming out of retirement to make this movie after directing The Wind Rises, which was supposed to be his swan song, um, is worth considering this in the top 23, especially as a filmmaker. Um, as influential and important as Miyazaki has been to the landscape of cinema. I'm with you there. I think that's a strong uh, candidate, strong candidate. I'm all for that. Um, I don't have much else to say other than it's I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. Uh, I'll throw two honorable mentions out there that I'm not throwing for the potential to be on the list, but I am excited for both of them. Uh, Screevy. Uh, which is Scream Six, um, and uh, and John Wick uh, Chapter Four. Um, I I'd say John Wick had a stronger chance, and I am very excited for John Wick. Uh, I know you're not a huge John Wick guy, so that's why I'm kind of just saying let's eliminate it now because I right. feel like there'll be better contenders uh, for spots later. And same with Scream Six. I think a movie, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Ghostface takes Manhattan. Um, we're looking forward to. I just, it's not going to make these lists, but I did want to just throw them out there as two movies that I'm kind of excited for. But I don't know if you agree with that. For me, no, I, I, I I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's just fascinating that you know, Scream Six was, you know, finished so quickly, you know, yeah. and 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 went into production. I mean, I think maybe a, a, one thing, I, if you want to look at, look at it from a moral point of view, with Scream Six. Again, we don't know what's going on with it. So yeah. The, but the Nev Campbell thing, I think, yeah. kind of, you know, maybe tarnishes it a little bit because, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due and pay the person who's been, you know, the face of the franchise since the very beginning. I mean, obviously, yeah. Ghostface is the face, but I think Nev Campbell is a very important part. And when you don't honor somebody the way that they deserve to be honored and pay them properly. That's something where it kind of feels a little bit 
not icky, but just kind of like, you know, disingenuous. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. It's hard to say because we don't know, like, how big her role was supposed to be, like, or anything like that. And so, or if they rectified it since then and we don't know about it. Yeah, that that could be a good thing, too. We don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that as well. And I think bringing it to a new location is probably a good thing and, and try something different. I know, like... Is is that a horror franchise thing? You go to New York first, then you're eventually in space by number ten. Um, but <laughs> you can only uh, hope. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I don't think either of those movies would make the list. But excited for both. Uh, the next one I want to throw out for um, the potential is Chris McKay's Renfield, starring one Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt. Um, Come on, Nick Cage is Dracula. That's all you need to know, everyone. Come on. Dracula's so, going in the um, pool. He's taking a dip. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if you agree that it's a potential for the pool. Yes. But, yeah. I, I'm very curious about that movie. I, again, I think like because of the pandemic, I, we don't know if this is connected to The Invisible Man, but it did feel that Universal yeah. was kind of starting Trying to, mount, to do that. Uh, you know, new not dark a dark, <laughs> yeah, the new dark universe. And new is spelled N-U, like new metal. Um, and 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 it, I wonder if this will be the beginning of something. You know, even having someone like Chris McKay direct this as as you know his second live action feature. Is it supposed to be a comedy or or what? I think it's a horror. Like, I think it's a everyone involved, like Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage. Then you get Aquafina, Ben Schwartz. Um, I'm like, okay, I don't know what this movie's gonna be, but I am morbidly curious i don't know if it'll be as funny as vampires kiss but i mean that was a movie that was considered more avant-garde and experimental when it was released um but no it is very exciting to see you know nick cage who's kind of you know had a career resurgence with pig and now you know last year the unbearable weight of massive talent he's come back into his own um so just for that alone you know nick cage's dracula all in and him being inspired by Gabriel from Malignant as like the way that the character is going to move bonus. I'm all here for that. The log line for it is Renfield has grown sick and tired of his centuries as Dracula's lackey. The henchman finds a new lease on life and maybe even redemption when he falls for feisty perennial, uh, angry traffic cop, Rebecca Quincy. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> cool. Um, I uh, wanted to throw that out there. Okay, Eric, your next movie for the potential pool. Okay, so, you know, we were talking about boxing, you know, not too long ago with Creed 3. I want already to got a wrestling in, movie. We already got a wrestling. So there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, physicality, I think. Let in, them fight. In, in our pool, at least. Um, so bodybuilding is where I want to go next. Um, and the next movie is uh, St. Maud director Rose Glass's uh, next film with Kirsten Stewart, Ed Harris, uh, Jenna Malone, Dave Franco, uh, among others. And it's called Love Lies Bleeding, a romance fueled by ego, desire and the American dream. That's the log line. <laughs> I love that. Cool. Sounds oh, yeah. dope. Um. I love you bringing this stuff uh, to the table because I had no idea that these, some of these are scheduled for this year um, or potentially, right? Like they don't yeah. have release dates, but they're, it's another a 24 film yeah. as well. So yeah. Um, look at you becoming the a 24 boy. Um, so we'll have some other stuff coming up. So. <laughs> you know, I know. Um, I could do like a big dump of movies right now and just get like a lot of the big 
blockbusters out of the way in the middle of the year and we can have a bigger conversation about them if you want sure yeah let's do that instead of going back and forth and Just wasting like it, baby a bunch of picks on the big middle of the year blockbusters let's just talk about them as a whole and which ones have a strong potential of making the list so when you get into summer movie season here are the movies i picked out as like the biggest movies of the summer kind of thing we already you know talked about john wick leading into mario bros uh and then you get guardians of the galaxy volume three fast 10 spider-man across the spider-verse Transformers Rise of the Beasts, not going to make the list, but I'm going to give it a shout out. Let um, them come. <laughs> uh, Elemental, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, the greatest movie title of all time. Uh, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Mutant Mayhem. Um, those are kind of the big, I would say, the big movies of the summer. So let's I'm throwing all of those movies out for conversation of what has a potential uh to make the list. I will say I would say Across the Spider-Verse and Mission Impossible are the two that I think for both of us automatically get put onto the potential list. Well, and Tom we Cruise has got to go in the pool, right? Because he can yeah. hold his breath for um, slightly less than Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. So it, yeah. it has to it has to happen. But I agree with both of those films being on there and I think even Barbie and Oppenheimer need to be in kind the of, pool at yeah. least, you know. And, and I actually, you know, we didn't talk about it. Um we haven't talked about the trailers or the teasers for either oh, one. Oh yeah, let's films. do that. Yeah. Um I actually liked Oppenheimer a lot more than I was thinking The I trailer? Would. Yeah. Um Did it's still very see... much what I was expecting it to be, yeah. but it works well is like i think like we're there was a time when christopher nolan was going to direct the aviator or had a version of the aviator about howard hughes's life and this kind of reminds you of like when he was going to do that yeah and it kind of feels like oh like well me because we didn't get because it was going to be with jim carrey too as, as howard hughes and like it was that was in the early 2000s and then michael mann was developing the aviator was going to direct it but then also had a fear of flights or heights and, and flying and so he was like oh, i'm just gonna probably produce not this the thing. best movie to make if you're afraid of flying yeah and then scorsese came on is kind of more of like it was a it was a job after gangs of new york kind of didn't do as well commercially so it was kind of like him taking a gig and working with dicaprio again um this kind of feels like okay now you know nolan is making his historical drama about the you know, most horrific weapon of mass destruction ever made and the man responsible for that, but also realizing, you know, the horrors that he's put out into the world. So I'm, I'm very curious about that. And it does look good. Like it does have that. Oh, it looks of, like a Nolan movie. It, yeah. it has that look to it. He, he's truly an auteur at this point, but like, and it's gotta um, be better than Tenet. It's gotta be better than yeah, Tenet's a movie I've wanted to revisit. Like, I've just wanted to like get really high and watch Tenet or something. Like, I feel like that's the only way you can comprehend that movie is it being on the same level it is as it, which is just being completely ripped off your mind. Um, I will. I agree with you. I I liked the Oppenheimer trailer. I've heard the IMAX trailer that they played before Avatar is better, and uh, someone described it as the tones being completely different where this looked like a dad movie where the IMAX one had a hellish tone to it, like a more kind of that Nolan kind of tick, tick like time. We talked yeah. about actually off air about time. Um, but that kind of like 
ticking time bomb to be very literal um, of like this hellish tone of like this awful thing that this person is building. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I almost want to be spicy boys and not put a Nolan movie on, Ooh. on the, uh, on the most anticipated, like, but it's hard when me... both of those movies are coming out supposedly still on the same yeah. day. Right. It's we'll get like to Barbie. You, we'll get to Barbie, but you like can't have one without the other, you know, almost. I know. Or you have one without the other and just oh, put you're your making fucking a real foot down. Choice. You make a statement and then like, I, I'm kind of leaning towards that where you gotta, you, you gotta put, you gotta choose a side. You, they, they're fighting and you gotta choose a side. Let so I'm fight. putting it out there that you have to choose Barbie or Oppenheimer and oh, both of them cannot be on the list. Cause like, I think that's more interesting. I, I don't know. Like I'm obviously excited for a new Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I think his movies I like more on rewatch sometimes like that happened with Dunkirk and you know, a lot of his filmography. Um, I loved the guy. I was, you know, when I was in film school, I was obsessed with the guy. He just made the the Batman movies. Inception was fantastic. And like, I, you know, he's your classic film bro guy. If you're of our age of like, you love Chris Nolan. Um, and I think a lot of people do. Um, Oppenheimer, I'm curious. I liked the trailer. I'm. Do you think he's going to do any historical fiction in it, or is he going to play it straight? I think there will be some. Li- I mean, there's always liberties, no matter. I know, what. but like, I mean, like when you play it, it as like, straight as possible, you still have to structure the story you're telling around. Like you know, I understand that, but I mean, like that didn't happen in public, right? Artistic liberty is different than historical fiction in my opinion where it's just like you right. can take some liberties of like but the story you're telling is very much the, the actual story you change things for to make it more exciting or xyz but like do you think there'll be any weird you know nolan angle to it whether it's a sci-fi angle to up. it or <laughs> yeah <laughs> the bomb was the bomb he drove out at the end of Dark Knight uh, rises <laughs> yeah which killing um, murphy was in Scarecrow, yeah. what are you doing <laughs> i swear to me I just I don't know if there's going to be that angle to it or if he'll play it very straight or he'll do, you know, Dunkirk, I guess, played it very straight. Right. But he still did it in his own way. Yeah. Um, See, that's the way I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to play it straight, but he's going to play it in a way that, again, manipulates time within the editing of the film. You know, like how are we going to see this presented you know, or how is it going to play out, you know, structurally speaking? Are are we going to get something that is told in a linear fashion? Are we going to Absolutely get segments not. of the story that'll go back and forth in time? Are, Absolutely like, we will. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like, is some of it going back to the memento black and white and, you know. Sam yeah. And, and that's exactly, so. I mean, I was just going to bring that up. It's the first IMAX film to be shot in black and white IMAX photography right like you use yes, black and, and white film parts of the film not the whole yes movie. not the whole thing as you can see from the trailer it's only parts of it um so anyways we'll put them both on the potential list i am just they're both in the that, pool for right now yes. yeah like they're both in the pool uh on the barbie front uh thought the teaser trailer was awesome you know uh poking fun at 2001 and you know i think even having that tone right off the bat of you know a, a movie that was just uh on the sight and sound number one film for directors um lists not on the you know critics list it was on there obviously but not number one but like one of the greatest movies of all time to kind of satirize that in its opening and then just lead into this bright pink barbie logo and then just have the most insane 
fucking clips that are two seconds long each that you have no idea what the fuck is happening and it's just a barbie movie with like really big stars and directed by greta gerwig and co-written by noah Baumbach. i'm like all right everyone you got to be in on this movie how can you not be um I've, it could go completely the opposite way and be an absolute disaster or a mess um but i think just the again that curiosity of like, what the hell is this movie? (laughs) And uh, like rumors that Will Ferrell's playing like the president of Mattel or something like that, which is similar to president business or Lord business in Lego movie. (laughs) But um, so like, I think it'll be this irreverent kind of like really, really fun, um, you know, probably satire on gender and and sex and not sex as in like, uh, but well, sexism Sexual, and stereotypes, yeah, and yeah, things like that. Because that's like, like even the, what Barbie was made for originally, and exactly what Ken was made for, and and yeah. exactly. And I think it's going to deconstruct that in a really funny and and fun way. So I'd say out of the two, I'm more excited for Barbie because I'm more curious. I kind of know what Oppenheimer is going to be, right? Like, yeah, um, I I think, but I obviously it's a new Chris Nolan movie. It's going to look insane on IMAX. Uh, Barbie's going to look really colorful and bright and it seems like it's a musical as well. Um, I have Truman no idea. Show-esque a little bit yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I, I think like, again, like it's almost that teaser gives you enough to be even more intrigued, but at the same time, you still don't know what's going on where, you know, being a historical drama with Oppenheimer, you know, you get the sense of, okay, this is how Nolan's, executing this storyline this is how it'll play out there's not much there in terms of like imagination you know i'm sure the filmmaking will be grand and and amazing to watch on an imax screen but there the the unknown of barbie is what kind of is really fascinating because it does feel like you know greta Gerwig is a great filmmaker and a great actor and she's done incredible work obviously with lady bird and little women. And, and, and now this kind of feels almost probably like could have done anything she wanted. And then yeah. And she's really after. cashing in her chips with this and having kind of, you know, co-wrote this with Noah Baumbach and, and where this property was originally started with Amy Schumer and then Anne Hathaway. And now it becoming a Greta Gerwig directed, you know, starring vehicle for Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and bringing all these kind of, you know, big name actors that have been in a lot of sort of, you know, tentpole movies in the last few years and playing sort of with the notion of what Barbie Mm -hmm. means to the modern world and maybe in the process also breaking the glass ceiling and playing with conventions and stereotypes that are common within the realm of you know, the universe that Barbie lives in and compared to the world that we live in now and sort of, you know, this might be like the closest thing to almost like a modern version of Enchanted in a weird way, you know, like kind of bringing that into fruition. So um, I, I would say that probably Barbie just on the level of intrigue is probably higher on that list of curiosities yeah. and and it's anticipation overall and like even just talking about it you know like it's like okay there's still a lot there to kind of like be discovered it might not work but it's like okay there's there's so many possibilities and even if it doesn't work at least it'll be you know a film like damien chazelle's babylon that really swings for the fences and has a filmmaker just 
you know, cashing it all in and being like, I'm going to make the movie <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> I want to make. Yeah, you know? no, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So definitely uh, put both of those. I'd say, I think you have to put out of the animated films that I brought up, you have Across the Spider-Verse, Elemental, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Um, I know we're both Ninja Turtle boys, but like, I don't know if that film makes the <laughs> list. Like, I... I I'm very excited for it directed by Jeff Rowe, who um, uh, he was part of the Mitchells and versus the machines team. Right. Um, yes. Um, which I absolutely loved. You know, you have uh, Seth Rogen who is a producer on it and uh, with Evan Goldberg. Um, we don't know any of the cast yet, um, but I just, even from that logo and who's involved, um, I'm very excited for it. I don't know if it has a turtle's chance in, in hell to make this list, but well, there's I, another animated movie as well that we didn't mention that maybe should be in consideration, um, which is wildwood, the new Leica film, okay. um, which is being released uh, later this year. And it has a voice cast, including Carrie Mulligan, Angela Bassett, Jermaine Clement, Charlie day, I'm just looking at the list now. Jake Johnson, Aquafina, Mahershala Ali, Richard E. Grant, Amanda Stenberg, um, and it's directed by Travis Knight, who is the founder of Director um, of Bumblebee. Yes, and he has a weird um rapper name that is very good as well. Cause it's I'm looking this up now because I gotta I gotta remember this. This is good. I remember you telling me this, I think. Because his dad's also but... like the creator of or co-creator of either Nike or Adidas. Oh, he's a Nepo he's baby. A, he's a, a he's Nepo, a Nepo baby? child. Nepo baby. Phil Knight. Nepo? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, his his rapper name, his musical name is Chili T. <laughs> God damn it! And uh, Phil Knight is only a, a Nepo baby uh, can be Chili T and still have a career in directing. Co-founder and chairman of Nike. But it's an interesting Nepo thing because he could have done anything and yet now he's i know but it's all about connections dude if your dad's the fucking head of nike you can i'm not saying i like travis knight i like no, but he used, I think he he's used like, his nepotism for good I, for i'm good, saying like sure. but, but but like you know when 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 you're thinking of like i don't necessarily I don't disagree want to get with you where, a nepotism no, baby conversation. no 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 i i think when when someone says like oh you know like it's hard for me to look for jobs or like get my foot in the door it's like well that's yeah. bullshit because like you have that foot in and like that that oh when they have those connections yeah 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 i I think one thing that 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 nepo children you know that you could argue for them though is that it does sometimes even if you are a nepo baby and you try to get into something and it doesn't work time is the ultimate factor of that thing you know longevity Mm -hmm. and like whether or not you have a you know fledgling career in something and disappear or then you you know like you look at like i mean obviously jamie lee curtis has been very you know vocal about this recently but you look at jamie lee curtis's career yes tony curtis and janet lee were her parents and she obviously had more opportunities than other people that had no connections to the industry but the reason why she has stood the test of time it's because she's good sim- at what she does yeah yeah i, know, and I, ag- I agree baby. with that i yeah. do agree that it helps you get your foot in there but like you still need to be you know for the most part talented yeah. to succeed in a certain area so like i, I, I just find it funny that. that travis knight is like 
Yeah, ninety percent of it is getting your foot in the door, though. There's so many people who would be great at something, and probably are great at something, but they'll never get the shot to be great at something. Yeah. I guess is what I mean. So anyway, but it's welcome it's funny to the, that, the Nepo cast. <laughs> but it's funny that 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 Travis Knight is a guy that's like, chili tea. Okay, chili tea is is a guy that's like you know I could do anything with you know my connections and things like that i'm gonna run a stop motion animation (laughs) company that probably has no business existing in this day and age yeah and 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 work in portland yeah hey (laughs) you know know. i think that's that's weirdly inspiring in some ways all right both elemental and what's the movie called that you just mentioned from like okay i gotta look it up it's it's uh wildwood wildwood I'll put both Elemental and Wildwood uh, on there. Elemental, the only Pixar movie next year? Is that correct? Well, there's the TV series, right? Which we're not including, we're not but included, that that no. is that is the other, I think, Pixar production. Unless there's you, something we're not thinking of. Uh, I'll look right now. Um, and you agree with me with the Ninja Turtles thing, I'm assuming? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think I think it would have been in the 23 if we knew that Josh pays was returning as Raphael. If, if that Eric was, saw if that Josh was, pays at a party we were at and the whole night wouldn't shut up about it. Josh uh, pays, man. He's awesome. A uh, great character actor. And uh, yeah, like if he elemental was past, is the only uh, Pixar movie next year. It's kind of interesting. Um, <coughs> I mean, we don't want to put the fire elements in, in the pool, but definitely the water can be in there. RRR, baby, the fire and the water. Um, See, another we could have never predicted that would be. No, and we didn't talk about that, which let's just a side tangent for a second. Top Gun Maverick, RRR, everything, everywhere, all at once. Not on our list last year. Um, I mean, after Sun, you already brought up, but that was more of like a a came out of nowhere kind of thing. And I guess um, we, I don't know if we would have ever thought of RRR. And I'm sure we had a discussion about everything, everywhere being like, Oh, it's the guys who did the farting corpse movie. And we're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Multiverse movie, but like had no idea at the time. Right. So, yeah. Um, I wonder if we did talk about it on last year's show or not. I forget. Maybe but. we did. I, I think I probably would have brought it up just because Top Gun, am, we probably talked uh, about an, it an indie boy. So yeah. An indie lad. Okay. I, I will. So out of those movies, um, you think guardians are fast X have a shot i mean i'm excited for both of them i would say that like i think guardians is is yeah i think both are interesting but again like who knows what fast x is going to be given you know what i think problem exactly i think i i'm with louis leterrier being the new director that makes me go not gonna make the list i yeah. just like i think that alone with you know how the rumors of how Vin Diesel, you know, acted with with it all and over the years, and like I'm super pumped for Fast X. Don't get me wrong. Um, and same with Guardians. I think Guardians has a chance, so I threw that on the potential. But I, I'm going to eliminate both Fast Fast X and Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Um, yes. I know we're Even both beast, the beast, we're uh, beast yeah, boys. Beast we're, we're Beast Boys. I know that, but like, yeah. and I know like out of all the Transformers movies, like after Bumblebee, I have more hope. Um, where I'm like, you know, I, I, I think this could be, you know, fun. And especially it takes place in the nineties. It's involving beasties slash beast wars. Um, I'm, I'm Director super free too, though. Right. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen Capel. Capel Jr. Yeah. Jr. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm I'm excited for it. Fast X, super pumped for it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think with Louis Leterrier, who I I don't know have. Have I liked a single Louis Leterrier? You're a huge uh, The Incredible Hulk fan. No. Like, Now You See Me, Incredible Hulk, Clash of the Titans, both Transporter movies, Grimsby. He directed Grimsby. <laughs> um, I'd say Grim- Transporter. Grimsby and, and- I kind of liked, but like he directed a movie in 2022 called The Takedown. Oh, it was a French movie. Okay. Yeah, it was on Netflix. Um, okay. Um, um Anyways, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was I was just gonna say I would Thespian, say the, the transporter and and unleashed is okay. Uh the Danny the Dog movie with Jet Lee right. and Bob Hoskins. Although it's been a while since I've seen that, so So I think Fast X, I don't know if you're in agreement, doesn't even make the potential list. Yeah, I mean it's still gonna be fun to watch it, but it's one of those movies where I think like it's almost going to be a car wreck of a film as well, where it's like, you're going to be morbidly curious just to see how off the rails everything is given the behind the scenes stuff. But a lot of people won't even realize that. You oh, know? I know that's a very inside baseball kind of thing, but um, Gal Gadot rumored to come back. Can't wait for how they explain that. Mr. Nobody slid under the plane and caught her majestically like right before she hit the ground. Um, and then Guardians, I will throw on there because out of the Marvel stuff next year, movie wise, yeah. Like, what do we think. have movie wise? Like, like from Ant-Man Marvel and Guardians are the yeah, two. Is there anything else coming to my mind? I think those might be the only two. Really, Marvel Studios movies. We got to be missing something, right? Because there there were some delays, right? Because of of like Blade being put on uh, the back burner a little bit and. Because this would be the beginning of Phase 5, correct? Yeah. Oh, we have the Marvels in late right. uh, late 2023. I thought you were going to say Leterrier um, 2023. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Marvel, Marvels is in July. And then that's the last movie. So they're very front-loaded. No. That makes me think. Well, don't they have be, series, though? As they well? do. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they do. Um. And they've always been kind of a front loaded other than like if a Spider-Man movie comes out, then that usually comes out in like December. Yeah. Um, Cause black Panther Wakanda forever was a November release. Right. So yeah. Like after Thor love and thunder, it was, you know, like there is the odd one, like, like Shang-Chi, but that again, kind of was like in the midst of like people coming back to the theater after the pandemic as well. And I think again, it had been delayed so much. Yeah. So yeah, we have Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and the Marvels, which is February, May, July, and then nothing for the second half of the year. Which is Disney must have other stuff that I'm not thinking of, which we'll get into. But I'd say out of those three Marvel movies, I think we're both on the same page with with Volume Three being the one that will probably maybe have a chance of making this list. Yes. Um, where yes. Marvels. Uh, sure i love i liked miss marvel enough captain marvel was okay um you know i like uh um what's her name from wandavision as well um tiana paris paris is that her tiana name? paris yeah. tiana paris yeah she's great too so like i'm excited for that just don't know much and i you know nia da costa like i liked her Candyman movie 
Um, I am the I Candy think, Man coming I from think, Bounty Land. I think she's Aqua? talented, so I'm I'm excited to see what she does with a with a Marvel movie. But I, I would say James Gunn coming back to do Guardians. Uh, that trailer we haven't talked about either, but have we? No, um, we haven't. I don't think we have. Um, thought it was very funny. Looks like Guardians. Like I'm glad James Gunn's you know back. I, I laughed quite a One bit. One last like time. Looks like it'll be emotional with Rocket Story. Come on, there's a an otter named Lila in this. Come on, I'm in. Which we don't know um, who voices her, right? Like that hasn't been no. Yet. But although I think there, who was the person that we don't? Oh, um, from the Suicide Squad, Daniela uh, 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 Melacor, right? Oh Melacor? yeah, she's she's really good um, as, as Ratcatcher. She's too. she's in the movie, and we don't know what part she's playing. So I could see her being. Um, the voice. Lila, but maybe she has a live action role we don't know about. I made a joke about it being Lady Gaga when, um, you know, because Bradley Cooper when. Uh, yeah, I got it. Uh, the yeah, connection. Uh, he also has born. a movie coming out this this upcoming year, playing yeah, Leonard we, Bernstein. Well, we've seen photos. <laughs> You've shown me. Um, yeah, Eric made it. Everyone go look it up if you can. But um, all right, we're getting lost in the weeds here. Let's get back. Um, that was our blockbuster talk uh, that took up a big chunk of the middle. So we put on uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Elemental, Wildwood, and Guardians Volume 3 on the potential list. Yes, they're all in a, the pool. This is going to be a beefy episode. Okay, but Eric. This is, um, this is good, though. This, I think, I think we're, we're trying to cover all our bases in, in a way. So. so I just threw out a big group. Do you have like a group of movies that are sort of similarly some, themed or something? Maybe? Well, some smaller movies, yes. You throw them uh, out. I'm going to be listening. I'm going to get a water or something. Okay, just leave while I'm about to start, you no, know, I'm talking. I'm gonna talk about okay, buddy. See ya. I thought we were friends. Uh, yeah, so a, a lot of those movies I am very much excited for. And, and like, again, you know, not including Top Gun Maverick on our list, you know, considering what we know now in retrospect. Um, that seems like a a, a big miss on, on uh, our, our parts. And even, you know, like something like Tar, which I know Matt didn't like, but I do really like Todd Field's other two films, is also a strange one that I wouldn't have put on that list. So, you know, again, we're not going to get to everything, but um, a movie that I think a lot of people are very excited about that is um, coming in uh, 2022 is... Emerald Fennell's Saltburn, which I think is going to be. Um, yeah. I'm giving thumbs up if you were watching the video. <laughs> uh, which is going to be a movie that a lot of people will be anticipating, given that she, you know, won an Oscar for original screenplay for Promising Young Woman. She also actually has a role in the Barbie movie. Margot Robbie is a producer on Promising Young Woman and on uh, Saltburn with her company. So I think that's a film that people will be very much excited to see um, once it's announced in terms of what its release date is. It probably will be a fall film or maybe it'll play it at Cannes. Maybe it'll be one of those movies because Promising Young Woman played, you know, as the pandemic was coming in, but played at um, Sundance. So you could see, you know, Saltburn kind of, you know, playing one of the festivals or many of the festivals. So you have a cast that includes Barry Keegan, Rosamund Pike, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Jacob, uh, is it Elrod? I, I can never. Elordi? Elordi. 
uh lordy 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 uh richard e grant so it's um it's a pretty solid cast so it, like again like i think it's one of those movies that a lot of people will be very much in, excited and the cinematographer is linus sangren um who shot babylon, babylon so baby uh and no time to die uh, so I think that that's one that a lot of people will want to check out. The log line is pretty vague. It just says it follows an aristocratic English family. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing that scares me, you know, I'm a, I'm a simple man that does not really love period pieces. I know, um, but you loved promising young women. I know. So that, that I had it on my uh, preliminary list that I put together. It's absolutely on the potential and will probably make the main list just because of how much I loved promising young woman. Okay. Not that so I'm another, the final say, but you're the one throwing it out. No, 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 no. And and I think we need to add a little bit of salt into this pool because it's getting full uh, of bacteria with all these other movies. You know, you got to keep it clean. Um, <clears throat> so another film that I want to consider for this list is another um, reuniting of actors. Um, you have the two leads of the worst person in the world coming back together for an adaptation of handling the undead, uh, which is based on a book from the writer of let the right one in, um, which I'll read the log line. Uh, it follows three families, each having a tragic loss, uh, a mother and a daughter uh, mourn the too early passing of a grandson, Torah, um, says her final goodbye to her wife and a family of four faces a life without a wife and mother, um, you know, based on the book, which I did read back in like 2008 or nine, when let the right one uh, in was kind of becoming very popular. You a book so they- boy? Sometimes it just depends. It just depends on the subject matter and like what intrigues me. But I remember like being obsessed with let the right one in and like reading the book and then reading the author's other stuff and handling the undead is one of those books where it's like, it is um, a very powerful study in loss and grief. And even though we've gotten a lot of that in horror movies as of late, when we, you know, we talk about the phrase elevated horror or social horror, or, you know, that kind of aspect, I think that this is one of those movies um, that a lot of people will be excited about just on selling it on the two leads from the worst person in the world being in it, but also, you know, an adaptation from that author as well. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious about it. Neon picked it up um, late last year or as we're recording this year. Uh, so, you know, could it be another parasite? Because Neon also did the same thing when, you know, they were picking up that movie at the American film market um, and it became, you know, a worldwide phenomenon. So we'll see how that goes. I think that that's one definitely, even if it doesn't make the list worth keeping an eye out on. Um, What's it called again? Handling the undead? Handling the undead. Cool. Yes. Uh, So uh, another movie that I am very curious about, um, which I believe just finished shooting is a film called may december this is todd haynes's next movie with julianne moore and natalie portman and this log line is kind of meta and also is dealing with very taboo subject matter uh so may december is essentially about um i'll read the log line right here because i could paraphrase it but it's better for me just to read it as it is uh 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance uh 
gripped the nation. A married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. So that's May, December. Um, that's the title? Yes. Really solid uh, leading actors. Um, very kind of melodramatic, but also touchy subject matter because the relationship that they're referring to is about a student teacher relationship. And so where does that go? And then again, the idea of exploring it through the guise of film and making a movie about it and sort of what are the ethical ramifications of that. Mm. Um, so that's another movie that I could definitely see playing at Cannes because Todd Haynes has always been one of those guys that his works end up there. So I think that that's one definitely to uh, keep in mind when it comes to um, what potentially should be on the list. Uh, another movie that Neon picked up that I'm very curious about is The Royal Hotel, uh, which is from the director of The Assistant, um, which okay. I think is another movie that is also dealing with abuse of power and sexism, but within sort of traveling. And so you have Julia Garner reuniting with Kitty Green and Jessica Henwick teaming up. And the story is about two friends uh, who resort to a, who travel, who travel to a, uh, on a working holiday at the Royal hotel, which is notorious for cycling through young female employees constantly. Uh, they end up subjected to mind games and manipulation trapped in the middle of nowhere. So it almost sounds like a social horror thriller um, kind of thing. And again, you know, The Assistant's one of those movies that is very subtle, but gets under your skin. And I think like, you know, it's one worth keeping an eye on. So um, another one that I'm, I'm really curious about that's being produced by Emma Stone that is from the director of We're All Going to the World's Fair, which is a horror movie that I only just saw a few months ago, even though it played at Sundance a while ago, um, is a movie that I think might even be up your alley. Uh, so the director, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing their name wrong, Jane um, Schoenbrunn, um, who directed We're All Going to the World's Fair, is directing a new film that's an A24 movie called I Saw the TV Glow. Follows two teenagers. It's a dope ass name. Yeah, I, follows two teen uh, teenagers who bond over their shared love of a scary television show, but the show gets mysteriously canceled. And this cast is ridiculous. That you sounds awesome. <clears throat> Danielle Detweiler, Justice Smith, um, Bridget Lundy Payne, Amber Benson. And I'm saving the best for last, Fred Durst. <laughs> no. Yes. Director Fred Durst? Oh, yeah. You know what time it that. is, baby. Love that. So, yeah, those, those are some movies that it's like, okay, like I could see that playing at Midnight Madness at TIFF. Or yeah. it also playing, you know, it's it just a TIFF in general. Because, you know, like this... Actually, I have a copy of it right here because I bought it at Bay. Haven't opened it yet, but... Not uh, a sponsor. We're all going to the World Fair. Oh, it's a dope-ass cover. Yeah. So, it's a really for good movie. audio listeners, Eric showed a cover for We're All Going to the World's Fair. Now, there's a couple There's a couple movies that I just kind of want to quickly run through that I'm yeah. not even sure that are going to be released this year because they've been shooting 
in the fall, or I don't even know if they've gone into production yet, but you have Steve McQueen's Blitz, which is a World War II British drama. You have Sofia Coppola's uh, Priscilla, which is the story about Priscilla Presley and her relationship with Elvis. Um, you have movies like, you know, in ta- talking about films that are morbid curiosities, I don't think this will make the list, but I'm still weirdly curious to see how it will all turn out, is The Meg 2, directed by Ben Wheatley. Oh, yeah. Um, you have Night Bitch with Amy Adams uh, being directed by the filmmaker behind A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. You have um, David Lowry's Peter Pan and Wendy, which is going to be a which Disney is Plus release. This year, yeah. Yes. Um, you also have a film called Strangers, which is really a fascinating um, sounding movie. I'll read this to you. Uh, it has Claire Foy in the lead and Paul Mascal's in it as well. Um, and it's from the, uh, it's from Andrew Haig who directed 45 years, but it, it nothing like what 45 years is at all. So it tells the story of a screenwriter who after an encounter with his neighbor is pulled back to his childhood home where he discovers that his long dead parents are living and look the same age as the day they died. And that's a Fox searchlight movie or a searchlight film, whatever. So none of these are confirmed for next year, but you have a feeling they might be. Yeah. So some of them Mm. are in post-production now, like strangers is in post-production. I'd say anything in post-production has a good shot. Anything shooting now, maybe at the very end of next year, but yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the same. And and you know what? They might also want to save some of those movies too. Like I could see Apple being like, okay, well we've got killers of the flower moon and we have Napoleon coming out this year. Let's save, you know, Steve McQueen's blitz until 2024. And, you know, part of that ensemble as well, you know, you have Saoirse Ronan. And if that's an Oscar movie, I could see her kind of being touted to be, you know, win an Oscar, you know, at this point she's been nominated four times. Oh, like, good widows was no one cared. Man, that movie rules like the camera work in that fit, like Daniel Kaluuya. I, you know, I obviously like he gives an amazing performance this year and Nope. Um, but he's, I think he is one of my favorite actors working. I honestly think like everything he's done. I don't disagree. He's always, he's always good. Like he's always good. Um, I agree. Even in like, you know, small roles. Um, any of those do you want to throw on this potential? I would say strangers. Maybe I saw the TV light, uh, glow Glow. is another one. I did put that one on. Yeah. Yeah. That one really sounds like it could be something special, um, and weird, uh, which, you know, two things I like. (laughs) Um, Uh, cool. Yeah. Let me just double check. So we can always go back to it too, but yeah. So I'll just read off a couple other things. Cause again, another movie that's in production, um oh uh wes anderson's asteroid city i have that on you also have wes anderson's other movie that henry sugar yeah yeah so we could also have two yorgos lanthimos movies with you know poor things kind of moving from Mm -hmm. 2022 to 2023 but and is another one but i think that i had both of those on there yeah still shooting or just finished shooting um eileen is a movie that is playing at sundance directed by william oldroyd um, who directed Lady Macbeth, and it stars Anne Hathaway and uh, Thomason uh, McKenzie. And I'll just read you the logline for this, and it sounds interesting. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to see it, because I don't know if it's going to be an in-person screening only, but if we can... 
Hopefully we not. We will watch it. Because uh, one of the writers is also um, one of the co-writers on uh, Causeway. Okay. And it she's... Uh, Okay, here stalling it is. for Eric. There you yeah, go. just stalling here to, to like get it up. So, uh, a woman's friendship with a new coworker at the prison facility where she works takes a sinister turn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, scary. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll we'll come back to a lot of that at the end. Okay, uh, I can do a batch of movies here. I think it's better to do maybe a batch than back and forth. Um, oh, and Rebel Ridge. I just want to quickly say Rebel yeah. Ridge is another one that I'm very curious about. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier's movie because John Boyega left and Aaron yeah. Pierre came in to uh, to. You know, I him. I love Saulnier, but like I wasn't there a weird thing with um there with him dropping out or was it just like creative well, differences it was family, it was family stuff right yeah but then yeah it says um, it's in post-production and a high velocity thriller that explores systematic american injustices through bone breaking action sequences suspense and dark humor uh the cast includes james badge dale um don johnson anna sophia robb james cromwell uh emery cohen as mentioned aaron pierre um so written and directed by jeremy saulnier a netflix movie um another underrated film is is hold the dark so yeah another movie no one talked about about. no one cared i I fucking loved it um man yeah good ass movie green room's great blue ruins great rebel ridge strong contender good one eric um i'm here for the, the good ones not your better call Saul. Uh, it's coming up right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got a couple, I can go like huh, the horror route. Maybe I'll just, you know, I'll just go over a bunch of movies that are coming out yep. later in this, the last uh, bit of the movie. I'll, I'll handle a lot of the big blockbusters. You handle the, uh, the indie picks and stuff like that. Um, uh, a movie that's not going to make the list, but A Haunting in Venice. Got to give a shout out to the mustache. Um, but he shaved it, though, at the end of... Uh, I know, but you think it's... Oh, Death yeah, he Nile. did. Yes, he's got to have the mustache back. Another right? origin you know? story for the mustache <laughs> the, returning? Uh, Poirot returns in kind of a... I, I, like the, I, I like this because I like that it's like a Halloween kind of movie like it's i like the original title better though the 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 book what's the book title uh it's like halloween like it's something really ridiculous it almost sounds like qb halloween um hold on i'm gonna look this up and you know after glass onion and and you know i think the poirot uh the, the brana poirot movies haven't been great but i've kind of enjoyed them for what they were they're fun um yeah, like they're, you know, both three out of five movies pretty much, but like I still enjoy the hell out of them. Go ahead. Halloween <laughs> party. It's just okay. called Halloween party. They should have went with Halloween party. There is no way they were going to do a Halloween party. That would have been um, amazing. It, and it's also, I'm looking at the cast now, less problematic than the previous two. Casts. Who's going to do something horrible before the movie comes out? <laughs> I'm looking at you. Oh, I mean, Tina Fey has kind of done something horrible, but I mean, you know, with the whole blackface thing on 30 sure. right? trying to cover it up 
after the fact. Um, but you have Michelle Yeoh, Kelly Riley, uh, Brana's reteaming with Jamie, Jamie Dornan, Dornan, yeah, uh, Camille Cotton, who's kind of a rising star right now with both Stillwater and House of Gucci, and she's been in some stuff like that. Um, Kyle Allen, who was Romeo in, and uh, Rosaline, uh, is in there. So yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not going to make our list, but honestly, just want to give it a shout out because I am excited. Fun for movies, it. Like, fun movies. That mustache, um, man, that origin story. It's oh, so stupid. There needs but to be so origin funny. stories for facial hair. It's so funny. <laughs> um, a movie I'm curious about: David Gordon Green's The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, and then Saw X. I am. I, we're not going to put it on the list. Let's let's. I'm. I'm excited for it. It would be kind of a troll thing. I don't want to waste a, a spot on the list for Saw X. I know I joked about it. I know I'm kind of conceding very early on the Saw X train. I Wait, am a person. Fight for what you want to have a, on the list. Fine. It's going on the potential pool. <laughs> Do it, man. Do it. Saw be X you. is going on the potential pool. Exorcist, um, do you care that much? or You know, it's it's weird because I really love the William Freakin film a lot, like the first movie. And I really love exorcist three. Um, so I, I'm not against like, I mean, you know, the exorcist, the beginning is terrible, you know, both the Schrader and Rennie Harlan version. Um, so I'm not against like a reimagining of it. I don't know if we need, cause this is supposed to be another trilogy, right? Like this is supposed to be Gordon green doing another trilogy of films, isn't it? I mean, I know we both loved, not loved <laughs> like no Halloween, Halloween ends, ends I think like, is actually like the more I think about the that more film, interesting. I think it is uh like I almost wish they started there yeah you know I mean I really like his Halloween as well um but I think Halloween ends like if if the exorcist was like Halloween ends and I know this is like a hot take or you know a very kind of uh I'm in the minority here a little bit but I think if the exorcist was anything like Halloween ends and actually did some things that were a little bit different than just simply rehashing the exorcist. That's, that's why, that's why I think exorcist three is such a great movie up until the exorcist at the end, because William Peter Blatty didn't want to make an exorcist movie. It was based on his book Legion. And it was a, it was about demon possession, but there was no exorcism in it. And the studio was like, no, you have to have an exorcism. It's the called film. the exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, um, yeah, they, they, cause, cause he fought against that. Cause he wanted to call it Legion as well. And they're like, no, we need to brand it based on, you know, this series of films that we've made. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to rewatch the exorcist. It's been a while, but it's never been one of those horror movies that I go back to very often, or I even have a ton of reverence for. So like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious. I, I like David Gordon Green's couple of uh, Halloween movies, minus the middle one. But um, and I know we are in the Pazuzu dies but... tonight. <laughs> so it's I don't the know. name We're... of the demon. And, I don't and think it'll make our list. So um, I don't know. And, and it's a good cast, too, because you have Ellen Burstyn coming back, who's the, yeah. the legacy actor, obviously. But then you also have Leslie Odom Jr. and uh, and Dowd. So, you know, and, and David Gordon Green's one of those guys that does add weird idiosyncratic moments into a lot of his movies yeah. even the bad ones so like even if the film isn't great 
I'm sure there will be a couple kind of like weird, funny off moments that will be memorable. It's just weird. He's rebranded himself as like a horror director now, <laughs> but he, but he's doing that, but, but he, he's gone through phases. Like, Oh yeah. He, he had his indie kind of start. Right. And then, yeah. Like, then he did the comedy thing for a yeah. while, the studio comedy thing. Now he's doing, cause originally he was going to direct Suspiria. Like he had a version of Suspiria ready to go yeah. with the lead of orphan to star. And then it fell through. And then he kind of, went back to doing the indie thing for a little bit with Manglehorn and Joe, and then kind of was brought back into the horror thing with Halloween. Halloween, Right. And so I, I think what I would like the most from David Gordon Green though, is an original horror movie. Like I'd like him to do something that's not based on pre-existing IP or a character like, or, or even if it was an adaptation of a previous, previously existing horror franchise pick something that's kind of a little bit obscure or like yeah like go with silent night deadly night six or or seven you know do something weird like that but yeah not not do something that's so kind of been recycled and regurgitated for so many times i'm I'm with you on that yeah so uh one thing i will throw out there uh is gareth edwards true love um i think with john david washington yeah. So, um, you know, I, I actually really like Gareth Edwards. I think, you know, he did uh, monsters was such a, I remember seeing that at, at the film festival and, and really kind of not being blown away, but just impressed with it and its special effects. And cause it was an indie film and, and everything. And then like his Godzilla movie, I've come to really enjoy. And, um, even though that first screening is still etched into my sweat. You can still um, feel the heat of that, that screening. But did you hear Rogue about One. the rumors of that movie as well? No, that, uh, Ryan Johnson did a lot of reshoots on Godzilla. On Godzilla. Yeah. Interesting. Cause Tony Gilroy did enough reshoot. Like he reshot enough of rogue one to get a directing credit, but he decided not to not to. Yeah. Interesting. So it would have been either he took over directing credit or co-directed or whatever. And then probably. Yeah. So he just got like, like, I think a story or screenplay credit <laughs> instead. Um, but it's just interesting that like, I almost feel like the studios don't have confidence. Or like the him. idea of him, but when they get back footage or a first cut or something, they start to go, mm, this is, that too is subtle interesting. or like, we don't want these characters to be background material. We want them to be like actual, the focal point. And like, this can't be, you know, again, like you look at Godzilla and like, there are certain scenes, even with monster, like you go to monster, which is purely him, you know, you have those two characters, you know, one of which is played by Scoot McNary and the other by Whitney Abel, who were a couple at that point, um, having this kind of like, you know, it's, it's basically a dramatic sort of relationship unfolding, but then in the backdrop, there are these giant monsters that have, you know, made traveling almost impossible. So in order to get from one zone to another, it's yeah. So it it, it just, you know, long story short, I think it'll be interesting to see if this is truly his, you know, like if he is able, well, it's him working with Disney again, because it's 20th century studios. And then like, um, I thought it's interesting. Both Greg Fraser, Fraser and Oren Soffer are both the cinematographers on the movie. So two cinematographers. Um, I don't know what that means, but 
<clears throat> yeah, I, that is interesting. I didn't hear that about Godzilla and Ryan Johnson, but yeah. um, yeah, for a guy for his first two studios movies, maybe this will be a little bit smaller, and maybe that's probably a good thing. Like yeah. I, you know, it's still a 20th Century Fox movie, but uh, you know, maybe there's less pressure on it being an original script and 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 stuff like that too. So, um, I'll throw it on there as a potential. Um. I don't know if it'll make it, but um, I am curious. We don't know anything about it, so that might, you know, be fighting against it. It's just a science fiction film written by Gareth Edwards with a good cast. So I don't know. Um, a couple more I can throw out there. Oh, my, did I lose my list? What, what else is Tobin Bell working on? <laughs> um, we're probably are okay. Here's the thing. Here is the big the big thing, Eric, there was a little film that came out last year. Now, two years ago, I guess now if we're 2023 called yes. Dune part one, <laughs> are we going to put Dune part two on our list? Because here's the thing. I'll argue for it. Um, <laughs> I think both of us are probably in the same camp of going, okay, didn't the first half didn't work, but we've always said since that first half, that I will judge the movie as a whole when I see part two, but is part two even going to be like a complete story or is it just going to be, I think it will. I think it will because Dune Messiah, which is next is its own story. So So you think this will complete the novel of Dune, the first Dune, which will then complete the story of Dune. So we've always said that, you know, Dune, the first movie we gave a not so great review of, because it was half a film. It's a prologue. We, it's not a movie. When, when we get this, are we excited for the second half? Cause then we get to complete the half that we saw before, yeah. or are we going to be spicy boys and go not on a list? Well, here's, here's the thing. We both really do like Denny Villeneuve as a filmmaker outside. One of my of, favorites uh, outside of Dune. The selling point of this movie of Dune Two, Dune fast, Dune furious. Um, is, one man, Emperor Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. I'm very curious to see how that is going to play out because Christopher Walken, while once a great actor, has become a parody of himself. So I wonder how, what Denny sees in Walken to play somebody who has this kind of looming control over this entire universe you know, and can dictate what happens to who and kind of play behind the scenes. Um, You also have newcomers like Florence Pugh and Austin Butler and Leah Seydoux joining the cast, um, which are all fine additions. Um, And then hopefully also Zendaya will have more (laughs) More than than just a cameo. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, like I love the book so much. I really do. I, I, and like David Lynch's Dune is not a great movie, but it is a fascinating production to kind of look at. And we've talked about Yordorowski's Dune and, you know, like the, the history of Dune, I think is just as rich with curiosity as, the movies and 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 again like denny is one of those guys where it's like you're always going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he is such a talented and passionate and and, and incredible filmmaker it's like you don't want to sound hypocritical because we both really didn't like dune and we found it to be kind of a slog but this almost does feel like okay 
Dune is going to really start at Dune now. Two, yeah. Which also, or it's the second can... half of a full movie, right? Because so yeah. I, I'm, but that also works against it because it's like, well, why include something that's starting at part two when it really should have started as mm-hmm. in, with the first film or be both you know? together? I know it might be a six-hour movie or something like that, which. James Cameron said he wants to release a six hour film. Um, I will that nine hour avatar three cut be cut down to six hours. Could you imagine if he convinced them to do that? Where I mean, if anybody could, it would probably be him, but then you got to think that Disney people would push back and just be like, Jim, let us release a part one and two. We'll double the money. (laughs) Like we'll like, we'll release it a month apart. Like just let us, just call it seed bearer and then come up with a fucking second. Is that what it's called? It. Uh, supposedly, okay. <laughs> which is gross. Yeah. <laughs> Real gross. Um, anyways, um, that's next year's conversation on that. So Dune, I've put it on the potential. Uh, we'll come back to it um, in the debate section of what's going to be on those. This is going to be like a four hour podcast. If you need to break to get a drink or food at any point, Eric, I can, uh, you know, keep talking about something. Yeah, no, no, um, I, I, I will at some point, but I, I, you know, this is just a lot of fun. Like, I really oh, it is, do yeah. Love, like, it gives. This is, you know, like, no, we're not getting like too, too personal. Like, it was a very um, emotional Christmas for my family with with my grandfather right yeah. now. You know, and and it was lovely. Like, we had a really wonderful. We had our Christmas on Boxing Day, and it was it was wonderful, but. This time of year, I do seem to get a little bit more depressed than that's any natural. Other time I think of over the, the holidays, because, I think sometimes, yeah, and just like feeling like you have to start again and kind yeah. of build yourself up and 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 things like that. But like doing this right now is like truly so much fun. Like, it's oh, like it is. It, it gets like, you excited for the next year and what we yeah. do. Right, this is what we love. So let's talk about the things that we're going to get pumped about it. and we're probably going to miss something that's going to become our favorite film of the year. Right. Like, yeah. Like our like, Top Gun Maverick or, yeah. Or will Saw our, X be the Top Gun Maverick of the Saw universe? Like, no, get, it, get out of here with that. <laughs> get out of here. Get, I agree. Dude. But at any point, this is going to be a long one. So uh, if you need to, Oh, I'll uh, leave, I'll get up and go <laughs> break and, and get come back. Cause I probably will have to at some point as well. Again, a uh, couple other things that I'll throw out there that I don't think are going to make the list. Um, Disney has a movie called wish, which is their Disney animated studios movie. That's coming out later next year. It's supposed to not much is known about it, but um Logline is Asha and a little ball of boundless energy called star prove that when the will of one courageous human connects with the magic of the stars, wondrous things can happen. Uh, I remember reading that this is like their celebratory, like it's the hundredth anniversary of Disney um, in 2023 and wish I think is going to be like a celebration of that hundred years. So I don't, I'm curious, like I would love for them to get back to 2d animation at some point and do like a, another princess in the frog kind of thing. I don't think that's what we're getting with wish, but um, you know, and after um, strange world, my Disney anime, I'm like, are we in that Disney animation period of, uh, I don't really care. Um, Or you have to win me back kind of thing. Um, I feel like I'm kind of in that camp rather than being excited for one. Um, So I don't think that will make it. Yeah. Like I, I, you got to win me over um, with that. I I like the idea of celebrating a hundred years of Disney. Um, But 
I, I don't really know enough about it. We haven't seen a trailer or anything like that, but I will always be curious about a new Disney animated film. Uh, we got the new Hunger Games movie, the prequel, but I, I know you're not a Hunger Games guy. I, I'm 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 fine with them. I'm, I mean, I don't I'm, hate them. I just think that they're like, it's, it's like, I'll okay, go see well, it. I, yeah, it's fine, but I, I don't care. Uh, we got the Timothee Chalamet Wonka movie. I'm kind of curious about that because of because the director of being Paul of King. The, yeah. yeah. Paddington one and two. So we could get re- weirdly two Wes Anderson movies and a Wes Anderson adjacent film in the same year. So three in all, because I mean, Paul King obviously, you know, took that style of kind of twee filmmaking and really made something beautiful with those Paddington movies. So, yeah, I, I would say he is the main reason I'm excited for this. Um, I'm not a huge Chalamet guy. Um, Chalamet. I've said this before. Um, he's good maybe, in Bones and All, though. I think he is. He's fine. Um, fine to lick dude. It up. Like, <laughs> um, so, uh, but Paul King. I, I mean, those Paddington movies, obviously uh, uh, loved, especially by film Twitter and and and, yeah. and stuff like that. So better than I Citizen think, Kane, apparently. I, I am curious to see. Uh, if Wonka and Paul, if Paul King can do something special or fun with Wonka, uh, I know a movie you didn't like, uh, but I quite liked a bit was the, it was Ghostbusters afterlife. Do you think firehouse is coming out next year? There's no way that movie comes out, right? I mean, like, maybe I know they maybe, started uh, did it shoot like, or, or no, they're it, just, they're just starting. I think. No, it, like, it probably won't be until 2024. Yeah. Like it's, it's dated right now for, I think late 2023, but I'm like, there's no way. I think we just got casting news the other day, right? Or no director. Um, Cause it's not. Isn't it Gil um, Keenan? Yeah. The guy who did monster house. Yes. I like monster house. Um, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like again, maybe this one will be better because it's kind of now like we've done the nostalgia thing. We've gotten it out of our system. We'll move on now and do which all these legacy sequels kind of have to do. They get that, you know, that out of there and then they kind of, Oh, he did the poltergeist remake too, though. Ooh, wasn't great. But I I mean, Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was taken away from him because like that felt like, like, cause you look at some of the other stuff that he's written and directed, there's more creativity there where it almost felt like poltergeist was like a hired gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who mm-hmm. knows i mean you know i don't want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt if never saw city problems. of ember never saw that. oh that is terrible <laughs> with saoirse ronan and bill murray oh yeah. my god i remember being excited for that because of monster house and like watching that and <clears throat> just being like god that's terrible mm-hmm. or a boy called christmas so he's made a christmas movie as well great um, um yeah so i you know, it says it's coming out next year. I kind of highly doubt it. Um, so Reitman's not directing it. And Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, and Carrie Coon are confirmed to return with McKenna Grace. But there's no other casting. I don't even know if they've started shooting. So I, I really highly doubt that movie's coming. But it's scheduled for uh, next year. I mean, they might um, still be able to finish it because, I mean, you look at there are certain filmmakers in the past that have haven't even started shooting until the spring and have been able to pull. Oh, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Right. Um, and then the last one that a lot of these you've already mentioned with poor things, killers, of the flower moon, the killer, which were all Bo is afraid, which were all movies from last, 
uh, year carried over. Saltburn, I had on here, and Asteroid City, wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And then a couple, the two last ones I'll bring up before, Eric, if you want to go over anything else. Uh, Civil War, which is the new Alex Garland movie. Uh, do we think that's coming next year? Even though Men was last year, is he already? Kinda, he started shooting it, yeah, um, like right like after as Men was is Men was coming out theatrically. So I think yeah, it so will it probably be, will unless, come. Yeah. But a twenty four does have a pretty big slate, so yeah. they do kind of like they they never give you dates until they're closer to the release. So like the next couple of a twenty four movies are the Jesse Eisenberg film. And then showing up, which is the Kelly Reichard movie. Um, but another movie to add to that, that's also an A24 film that might come out this year. That's finished shooting. That's in post that has our favorite Nicolas Cage is dream scenario, which I sent you those photos of him, um, which are kind of amazing shot in Toronto as well. Right. Um, Ari Aster is a producer on the film and he looks amazing in the role. <laughs> so awesome. this, this could really be like the big, you know, Nicolas Cage is, is back and better than ever. You know, he, he, he reminded people how amazing he is as an actor with, um, IMDb has it as 2024. Oh yeah, Um, no, they do. Okay. Oh no, the, uh, there is one other, movie. but it's possible that it could come out, but I, there's two other movies then that I'm thinking of that also could be, I was going to put Jeff Nichols, the bike riders. Yes, yes, yes. Please do. Uh, but there are two other films. Well, this one looks like it's still in production, so it might not be till next year. Uh, but the Ethan Cohen movie. Um, oh, right, yeah. Which is a uh, focus features film. I'm just looking it up now. Is his road his lesbian road trip comedy? Great. Uh, yeah, it's. Oh, it says it's in production. Because it stars Margaret Qualley. And I'm just looking at the cast again. Who's the cinematographer? Oh, Ari Wagner is the cinematographer. There we go. That's a bonus. Um, yeah, I mean, just really curious to see what the, you know, the Joel and Ethan Cohen separation there uh, is going to be like. Hey, if it means we could double the Cohen Brothers movies, then hey, why not? I right? know, but it's sad. You know? I know it it's, is. I. I I haven't two, two greats separated. I haven't from. loved anything that they've done probably since. I know you really liked Macbeth, but um, inside Lewin Davis, I guess I love True Grit, but uh, Burn After Reading's great, Serious Man's great, but No, no Country is so good. They had an um, amazing run, like, oh, like going yeah. from No Country to Burn After Reading to a Serious Man to True Grit. Yeah, I mean, come on, and then Lewin Davis right after that. Yeah, <laughs> like, is, like they stumbled a little bit with Hail Caesar, and then you know Buster Scruggs was, uh, it was all right as an anthology movie, but um, yeah, man. Okay, anything else you want to add, or do you want to start getting to? Have we missed anything? You think, or I'm trying to think if like there's anything like from a other filmmaker filmmakers, yeah, or an actor that we like that it's kind of like maybe doesn't have distribution as of yet or just something that's kind of like again a little bit off of the radar or like who hasn't worked on a while that yeah maybe... who hasn't made something in a little while right yeah it's 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 always difficult to predict like even when you want to try to find because we had parasite on our list but that was only because it was picked up by neon and it was bong joon ho so it kind of had 
a little bit of, of cachet even, you know, at its selling point, but. And what's it called? Mickey, Mickey, whatever is 24, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Captain Mickey or whatever it's called. Mickey 17. <laughs> um, <laughs> close. Uh, so yeah. It, it, it's well, we can kind of go back and before we put this list together, cause strap in everyone, we still have to actually build the list. Um, don't tell that to David Strathairn. Strap in Strathairn. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> say that five times fast. Um, maybe we can look at like some of our best of lists from the last couple of years and, and see what filmmakers uh, probably are due for a film. Probably not the 2022 people for the most part. Right. Because like, I feel Netflix has a lot of stuff as well that kind of is like, that we won't know about until like, until they announce a trailer or, you know, like obviously the killer, um, I'd put the Matthew Vaughn Apple TV movie as a potential. Oh, Argyle, yeah, Argyle, yeah. I don't know if it's... it'll make the list, but I am excited for it. Um, what other stuff? Are, are you we willing to do a Lipa for it? <laughs> like a barrel roll? Um, it sounds like a verb, doesn't it? Like do a yes. Lipa is like it's almost like doing a do a Lipa, or... do a Lipa, and you just put a little yeah, little spin on it. Best of twenty twenty one. So who's due for we got Jeff Rowe who's due for the Michael Renata and Jeff Rowe who did uh, Mitchell's versus the machines. Uh, we don't know what uh, John Watts is up to. No, he's doing the star Wars series, right? That's what he's working on. Yeah. Skeleton crew. Bo Burnham. I want that motherfucker to do another movie. Um, I don't think He'll he has a new Todd like, field. <laughs> um, he's, I know he always, he's directing, you know, specials and live shows i think and stuff like that but which is um, cool like i rather him do what he wants to do than like like feel obligated to make another movie right away i mean eighth grade is 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 amazing great, and like yeah. it's one of those movies that like it it truly taps into our generation but it doesn't feel alienating to other generations watching it like i think it is one of those movies that anybody can identify with um so yeah, I'd rather just like wait for him to kind of like, you know, figure out what he wants to do than you know, let him make his movie when it when it comes, you know, like it'll probably be one of those movies that kind of surprises people where it's like, oh, he's now making another film, you know. Was he originally doing like the script or the music for was it a Sesame Street movie or yeah. some shit? Yeah. But that never ended up happening, right? No, that um, fell under the radar, um, which I, I, I don't know, like, what happened there other than, like, maybe just maybe the HBO thing. Maybe that was. Yeah, most likely. Amazing. Right. So Bo's not doing anything, doing anything, doing anything. Um, if you want to, I don't know if you want to look at your. Um, well, I know Michelle Franco of. has a movie that he shot in New York, although I didn't love New Order. Celine uh, Siama is due for anything or no? Well, I mean, she just had. You know, petite she Mama. did Petite Mama and Oh, but then also fire. like back to back almost. Back to right? back. I'm sure she has stuff um, that she's working on, but you know, sometimes you also need a break. No, and I understand that completely. I know not just because you made a movie two years ago, you're due for another one or whatever, three years ago, but. Yeah, give me um, what's next. More. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I would say that probably Jeff Nichols is like the guy this year that is the is one that like, overdue has yeah yeah which i am excited for a new jeff nichols movie for sure um malignant what's james wan up to 
James Wan doesn't have anything, right? In the pipeline. He's just chilling, so. producing some stuff, probably. Um, hanging out. Hold on, let me look at this. Sean Baker not doing anything? No, not yet. Maybe it's too soon for the people who made movies in 2021. <clears throat> oh, uh, Alexander Payne uh, has the yeah. holdovers, uh, which is also a Focus Features movie. And apparently it's supposed to be really good. It's already been doing some of those. Like it was supposed to come out S-screens? this year, but they were like, no, we got to make this like a big thing for next year. So the okay. holdovers is nobody likes teacher Paul Hun- uh, Hunham Giamatti, not his students, not his fellow faculty, not the headmaster who all find his uh, pompousity and, oh man, this is so wordy. Uh <laughs> Rigid, rigidity, uh, exasperating <laughs> with no family and nowhere to go uh, over Christmas holiday in 1970. Paul remains at school. Uh, this is a long. I have the Wikipedia line. one that says the disliked Deerfield Academy teacher, Paul Hunnam, is put in charge of supervising Agnes, a smart and rebellious student unable to journey home for Christmas. Joining them is Mary, the school's head cook. That was it on my end. That's a better, so. easier, digestible logline. Um, so Christmas so movie. Yep. And I mean, even though I don't think either of us really like downsizing. I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff as well. So yeah, it says on September 11th, 2022, a special screening of the film was held for buyers. The following day is reported that focus features had acquired. I wonder if that was at TIFF probably like in those secret buyers screening rooms and stuff like that uh cool all right threw it on the potential um trying to think of what other filmmakers are due for a movie um there's matthew vaughn already found that out um what's lauren has a a movie monster Mm. coming up he does yeah yeah um it says lynn ramsey has stone and mattress which is another film but it i don't think it's even in production yet that's what's hard about some of these smaller movies that don't get like reported on right like it's it's like the big movies you're gonna know because everyone's talking about them or that they've gone into production or someone's been cast or, or or something like that but um um i don't wanna keep going silent here best of 2020 who's overdue we have Emerald Fennell. We have uh, some of the directors of Soul working on Spider Verse, or at least Peter Ramsey. Is that his name? Um, we have Chloe Zhao. What's Chloe Zhao up to? What you doing? Probably nothing after. Um, I know what you're doing. Baby. I guess after doing Nomad Land and, and Eternals like back to back, you deserve a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, is Max Barbacow doing anything? Director of Palm Springs. Great movie. Underrated. I think he actually is. Or one of the writers is. We got Sean Durkin on there because I had the nest on that. We Charlie Kaufman, who the hell knows what he's up to. <laughs> um, Darius Martyr up to anything? No, not that we know of. Um, director of Sound of Metal. Spike uh Spike Lee not really he's just chilling, right? After you know, 
the five bloods and black Klansmen. I mean, he could also be working on a documentary because he does There's something like that. Yeah. Between, yeah. I think that's what uh, Ethan Cohen was up to too. Right. Like, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, well, he has, has a movie that, uh, that Jerry Lee Lewis um, documentary Doc, that yeah. 24 <laughs> is releasing that played a can uh, last year. So that'll probably be available sometime this year. I was trying to see if the director of Love and Monsters was up to anything. And then I remember reading his name. He was in contention for, I think, one of the Marvel movies or something. Was it a Marvel movie or a Star Wars or something like that? Forget, but he didn't get it. Someone's always up for something. Um, okay, cool. I think we have our potential list, Eric. If anything else comes up as we're making the list. We're only two hours into the episode and we're going to make the list now. Yep. Um, <laughs> Woo! Well, All I'm right. Just looking up one. Oh, uh, I wonder if Maxine is coming out this year. Maxine? Yeah. Maxime or Maxine? Like the Pearl X. Oh, yeah, it probably is, right? Um, You got to think that he probably shot it pretty quickly. Um, for it doesn't say it just says in production, right? Right, 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 right. Release, reception, critical response, sequel, nothing on here. All right, well, we won't put it for now. Okay, whoo, we how many movies do we got on here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. You know what? Not that bad. I thought we'd you know maybe have more because we got to cut this down to twenty one. Yes. Right. So, do you want me to read you all of the films we have on here? You, there might be a couple more that I didn't write down that you talked about, but we can talk about that at the time. Yeah, read them um, off so we can remind uh, people listening what we've, you know. So on the list here. right now, we're putting our 23 most anticipated films of 2023. Uh, we have the Iron Claw and the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, in the potential uh, category of. You might some- want to make a time code for this too. I am actually right now. Thank you. Um, two, oh, sorry, two hours. Four minutes. Um, all right. Uh, we're building the list now, two hours and four minutes in. So uh, the two films that are locked in on the list, they're not leaving, are the Iron Claw and the Super Mario Brothers movie. The pool of movies, which we can pull pull from anywhere, but this is the pool you just listened to us for two hours put together, um, which is Bo is Afraid, The Killer, Killer of the Flower Moon, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Zone of Interest, Bottoms, Creed 3, uh, How Do You Live, Lily, <laughs> How do you, uh, Renfield, uh, Love Lies Bleeding, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Elemental, Wildwood, Guardians Volume 3, Saltburn, Handling the Undead, May December, The Royal Hotel, I Saw the TV Glow, Strangers, Rebel Ridge, Saw X, <laughs> Saw 10, uh, True Love, Dune Part 2, Wonka, Dream Scenario, The Bike Riders, Argyle, 
the holdovers and monster that's our pool of films there's about 33 did i say on there yeah i think yeah we got we have 21 more slots do you want to start doing it with movies we think are in there no matter what or movies we think automatics automatics or do you want to get rid of the ones that we don't think have a chance Let's do, do the ones. Start let's start with the ones that we know are going to be on the list that we know that like okay. both of us will approve. Okay, so you want to toss one out, and then I'll toss one out, and then we'll either veto, not veto, or go. I don't know, or I'll go. But yeah, we'll put absolutely. it back in the pool for now, and then yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to start with the stuff that was on last year's list and see. Let's start. I just, I just, just want to throw a movie out there. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah, it's yes. on there. It's got to be on there. Come on, I think it's the one blockbuster of next year that i'm most excited for uh um, boy you can't let me down and it's a part one will it only yeah. be half of a movie we'll see we have two I mean, three movies that are parts of yeah. with across the spider-verse dune part two uh i guess across the spider-verse they changed it from part one and then they gave them separate titles which kind of makes you feel like it's a complete movie at least right. um but uh mission impossible dead reckoning part one i absolutely agree on the list i mean what Um, list is complete without a title that says dead reckoning (laughs) yeah absolutely dead reckoning part one great title um do you think there are any more absolute locks i would say across the spider-verse is also a lock yeah in the animation department i would say that it is probably one of the most anticipated films the only negative i have is that is it going to live up to that first movie it's a good point, uh, but that's. But I why do think it should be on the. list. I think because the first movie is so good, uh, is why it would make this list. Uh, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Like I said, rewatch the first film; it's incredible. Um, I think out of all of the animated films next year, I put the Super Mario Brothers movie on there, but I think I'm most excited for Across the Spider Verse. But even with Dead Reckoning, like it's like, is Dead Reckoning going to live up to what Fallout is? You know, like I say is... that with every Mission Impossible movie, though, and they get better. Yeah. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, every time I go, how can it be better than Ghost Protocol? And then you're like, oh wait, it can be better than Ghost Protocol. And like then, that bathroom um, scene, man, like how how are they going to top I, that? I don't know. I, I'm waiting for the moment I go, yeah, that wasn't as good as the last one. Uh, yeah. But I think it's the one franchise that has objectively gotten better every film like or maybe you know two was a little you stumbled with two three still better than two even though three is not better than one but then you go four five six you know it, they get better i think each yeah. movie um and that's incredible so i'd say spider-verse mission impossible locks on the list um anything else you want to throw out as a lock i think scorsese has to be on there yeah yeah you're right Killers of the Flower. Killers, right? Plural? Yes. Or is it killer? Killers. Killers of the Flower Moon is a lock on the list. I agree. And I also do think that David Fincher should be. I was just going to, I was just going to say that. I put the killers on there. I was just, I forget who was talking about David Fincher the other day, but someone posted his filmography in like a screenshot. And I was like, come on. Like, I don't think anyone, you know, there's lots, but when I see David Fincher's filmography and I'm like, the dude just kind of doesn't miss really like even girl with the dragon tattoo though. 
Yeah, sure. I was one of those people. Um, let's say pre-Mank, pre-Netflix era, okay? <laughs> pre-Mank. <laughs> uh, but like, come on. If you go you from the mank? <laughs> say what you want about, you know, even Fight Club not dating very well and stuff like that. But Seven, The Game, Fight Club, Panic Room, Zodiac, Benjamin Button, Social Network, Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, Mank. Like there's only a few movies in there from personal preferences that you might not really even Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that I remember not loving on first watch. I've had an itch to go back and, and rewatch it. And even some people, I know you're not the biggest Benjamin Button fan and stuff like that, but like I still, that, that list gets Fincher on the most anticipated list. Come on. Yeah. And he's working with Fassbender and it's the adaptation of the graphic novel is by Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote seven. So. Oh, there you go. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm come on about an assassin and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm all in on this. I'm all in. Tilda so, yeah. Swinton's in there. Come on. T swills. Uh, okay. Any more that get an automatic on the list? I'd say. I think you got to pick Barbie or Oppenheimer for an automatic on the list. Barbie, I think, is automatic. Barbie. I mean, we talked about it so much that I think, yeah. like, if we didn't put it on the list, we would be fools. Fools, Matt. Fools. All right. Barbie is automatically on the list with number seven, um, which this could change. I'm saying automatically on the list. We might get to a point where, like, oh, fuck, we got to make room for this other thing. Um, I'm going to say we're probably not putting Creed 3 on this list. Probably not, no. Um, does Oppenheimer go on? I'm going to leave it to later. Um, later Heimer? <laughs> Guardians Volume 3, I'm even hesitant. I think Phase 4 of the MCU, I'm in that spot. I've really enjoyed everything. I'm obviously get super psyched about it all. I'm excited to see if Quantumania actually sets up Kang as like the Thanos level kind of threat that you hope he is. Um, but... I'm in that age of Ultron phase of the MCU right now where you're a little bit burnt out and you need a little something bit. to build you back up a little bit. I need that thing. That's really going to go. And I, I think Spider-Man being that big event movie was that, but it made me excited for that movie, not necessarily for the MCU as a whole, if that made sense. Right? Like I love right. no way home. I think what they did with the uh, they owe a lot to Spider Verse, which I think is even better than No Way Home. Um, but it's still, I think that movie rocks and is easily the best Phase Four thing. But it didn't make me go, "Shit, I can't wait for the rest of the MCU" or whatever. It just made me go, "Interesting. How are they going to do this?" It made me excited for more Spider Man. I guess that makes sense. But yeah. Um, so I don't know about Guardians. I'm gonna leave it for now, and not say it gets an automatic bid. Um, anything else you think automatically makes it on? What do we have? Remind we have me. Bo. Bo is afraid. I think is gonna it carries over. Yeah, it's gonna. Think, think like yeah. Ari. I, I mean, after Ari Aster has made Hereditary and Midsummer, I mean, like, kind of does. It was on last year's list. I think we both loved both. You know, Hereditary and Midsummer. Um. Okay, so the two movies. Well, we're on last year's list, Poor Things and Zone of Interest. I would agree with both. 
I think I think Jonathan Glazer is another one of those guys that hasn't made anything for a while with Under yeah. the Skin, and hearing that the movie potentially could be released in three separate versions is also kind of intriguing as well. Um, even if that isn't true, I, I still think like he's one of those guys. It's like Sexy Beast, Birth, Under the Skin, prolific music video director, commercial director. Um, you know, a story that is very challenging, you know, being about um, the Holocaust and looking at complicity, complicity and, and sort of the idea of how people are not just bystanders in a situation um, uh, is going to be something that is like, if it plays, it it could play, it can, but it could also be a festival film. And it might be that movie that also doesn't come out until 2024, <laughs> because I know he, he, he takes a long time to work on, his films, especially in post and finding his movies. So, um, you know, I could, I could see that being the argument against it, but I, I think he is one of those um, specialty filmmakers that when he has a movie come out, you need to see it. So I would say with both Yorgos and uh, Jonathan Glazer's films, they should be on the, those lists on, on the 2023 list. I agree. Um I put zone of interest on the list. Um, you want to come back to poor things? I think we should put poor things on there. I think, yeah. and is the one we should maybe leave off. Not because we're not interested in it. It's just because we don't know if it's going to be finished. And also I've heard that, and is more of an anthology movie and anthology films. We've talked about before on this show where it's always kind of a hit or miss thing. And I think that's what even hurts something like asteroid city a little bit, because it's like, well, Wes Anderson's last movie was kind of an anthology movie. And even though I don't think Asteroid City is, I think it's just an ensemble piece with an amazing cast. Um, it's almost like the last movie of his kind of did hurt him a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. Um, both of those made the list. Um, what else we got? So we got Bottoms, Creed 3, How Do You Live?, Renfield, Love Lies Bleeding, Oppenheimer, Elemental, Wildwood, Guardians 3, Saltburn, Handling the Undead, May December, The Royal Hotel, I Saw the TV Glow, Strangers, Rebel Ridge, Saw 10, uh, True Love, Dune Part 2, uh, Wonka, Dream Scenario, The Bike Riders, Argyle, The Holdovers, and Monster. Okay, I what is something you want to put on the list? I'm trying to think of what we both vibe with as well. Cause those are like the easiest things that, and I think yeah. most of these we both vibe with. Um, I'd say the bike riders, the Jeff Nichols movie. I think we're both like, I think we both really like Jeff Nichols and I think he's a guy like we just mentioned is due for something. Um, yeah. Tom Hardy is not playing venom. Thank God. <laughs> um, so I'd say that anything for on your end. Uh, there's, there's a few things I think. The, I, I think, think Saltburn probably. Like, yeah, uh, throw that on yeah. there because I, I I'd say that like, I think because of promising young woman being such a phenomenon that it's like the follow up, even if it isn't as good, like it's still worth seeing. Like, oh, what she's going to do next, and also like it works well because she's also in Barbie and Margot Robbie yeah. is a producer on Saltburn and Promising Young Woman, so it kind of like works like narratively connecting that as well. Um, I think the you know I did, something movie. I didn't bring up Indiana what? Jones. 
wow. we both just skipped over it. <laughs> I know, and I love Indiana oh. Jones. And like yeah. after watching that trailer, I'm kind of like, I'm almost indifferent on it. Okay, um, you know me, I'm not the Indiana Jones guy. I just thought I should probably bring it up for you because I know you are. Yeah, um, but that's and I, I mean, I I love James Mangold too. Like I think he did such a good job with Logan. Um, and you know he's done other stuff that's good too. But like I, you think he he. I don't know, man. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought, I thought that trailer's fine. Yeah. The dial of destiny. I keep thinking of that Jim Belushi <laughs> movie called Mr. Destiny. And like literally the posters just of Jim. Bel- I don't know if you want to look this up now. The posters just literally of Jim Belushi just standing on a street with a pink shirt on and jeans going like this. And you're just like, that is the laziest oh, poster yeah, I, I have now. ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Michael like, Caine. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you bowed out for a sec. Nope. Um, okay, so no Indiana Jones. We both kind of are indifferent on that one, um, which I think is a little bit of a spicy take when it comes to the big blockbusters. Um, so another thing we have to think of, which we think of every year when we build this list off air, is like we like to kind of have representation in multiple different areas. I don't mean that in the, you know, you know what I mean by that? Like sometimes yeah. it comes to animated films and action movies and indie films and, um, you know, things like that, not necessarily just representation when it comes to like race and, and sex and, and stuff like that of the people involved in the movies as well. But like, you want to make sure it's a well-rounded list overall and all of those things. Um, and not just be so focused on one thing. And I think right now we're doing a good job. You know, we have, here's the list so far. We're about halfway through. We have the Iron Claw, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Killer, Barbie, Bo is Afraid, (laughs) colon, Bo is Afraid, Um, The Zone of Interest, Poor Things, The Bike Riders, and Saltburn. I think that's a pretty, like, good list list, now. Um. Where do you want to go from here? We can stay with the big stuff. We can go with some smaller stuff. I think, me, I think Miyazaki stuff. needs yeah. to be on there because I do feel like, again, he's one of those guys that, like, this could be his last film. I mean, you know, he, yeah. he kind of was retired. How long ago is Wind Rises? 2014? 2013? Yeah. So. All right. It's on the list. Miyazaki makes it. Yeah. Um, Congratulations, sir. I know you're listening. <laughs> he's our number one fan next to Alex Reno. Um, yeah. I mean, like I loved Shiva baby enough that I would put bottoms. bottoms? On yeah. We should put bottoms has got to be on the list. Cause you know, like I loved Shiva baby. It was in my like top yeah. four of and the that, year. And bottoms does sound like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got bottoms on the list. Bottoms up. <sighs> Creed three and Renfield, like again, I'm I'm excited for both. I don't know if they need to be on this list. We'll see. Uh, we still have Oppenheimer on the table. We have Love Lies Bleeding, Elemental, Wildwood Guardians, Handling the Undead, May December, The Royal Hotel. I saw the TV Glow, Strangers, Rebel Ridge, Saw Ten, True Love, Dune Two, Wonka. Let's start picking apart the big stuff and just saying yes or no because we right. got about half the list. Creed 3, Gut Instinct, yes or no? No. No. I'm with you. Renfield, I think I'm also leaning towards probably no. 
I don't know what. You, how yeah, you it's 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 also kind of that recency bias thing as well because it is coming out earlier in the year, and it's not that like we're not looking forward to it. But it's I'm surprised we like, haven't seen anything from it really. No, Maybe that would sway us one way or another, but. Yeah, like we've seen those set photos and things like that. I like the title. Maybe with Megan. Maybe like, there will be a trailer next yeah. week. You're making it's a good a point. Universal movie, right? So, but I'm leaning towards no. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer. Do we make the decision now? Do we leave Nolan, Christopher Nolan, off the list? We, and we, I, we, we, I think we leave I, him hanging for now. We leave him in the in suspense. Maybe that'll be like the last thing that we go back to because i'm leaning towards a yes but the caveat i do like what you're saying where we make an example of this we 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 make our own explosives you know where they go wow you left chris nolan off your most anticipated and you go yeah we did that's how much tenant burned us yeah Um, exactly dune part two as of now leave it off yeah leave it off Wonka. Wonka is the one where I'm kind of like, I'm torn mm-hmm. because again, it's, it's, it's the Paul King factor of this thing where yeah. like it could be something really special. Um, or it could and, be him taking a paycheck. Yeah. Or it could be a great movie around an actor that maybe wasn't the right choice for casting of Willy Wonka. Cause I mean, Gene Wilder is just like, I think that's the whole thing is like, do we need another Willy Wonka movie and a Willy Wonka origin story? Yeah. Sexy Wonka. (laughs) We don't. That's the thing. But I mean, I'm ready for Paul King to win me over and prove me wrong, but yeah. Cause Paddington was kind of like that, right? Like Paddington, you didn't really have any expectations, those expectations, right? Maybe Wonka will be this year's Top Gun Maverick, you know? Imagine it could be. I know it's Timothy Whatever. Chalamet's favorite film of this year. It's Top Gun. Maverick. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. Um, out of the big stuff, Argyle. I love Matthew Vaughn. I'm excited for it. Henry Cavill. Like it sounds like a fun spy movie, but I don't know if it makes this list. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those movies that will be like, if if we enjoy it or if like we find something, it'll be kind of more of a surprise film than anything else. You know, it's like, oh, that was better than expected, you know, or that was more enjoyable. And then Guardians 3, is this the first year I'm going back to it? First year in a long time, I wouldn't put a Marvel movie on my most anticipated. Has Phase 4 burned me? If you're going to put a Marvel movie on the list, I would say Guardians is the one because it does look good. It does. It is an interesting. We both like the first two. It's an interesting moment in James Gunn's career. You yeah. know, it's like there's a lot going on with this movie in terms of concluding this version of the Guardians, right? So I will say though, I think I'm one of the people that upon rewatches, maybe this will change during a, a more recent rewatch when I haven't watched them as much, but I don't love the first two Guardians as much as other people do. Like I I like if you look at my Marvel ranking, I probably have them lower than most people do like i have them right kind of in the middle of the pack and i think that's maybe just from overwatching them like yeah that's i think that like it the first guardians in particular became one of those movies where like as soon as it became popular it was a movie that you know played 
all the time during the holidays during like it, it was like it was the it was the ultimate kind of default setting on your tv <laughs> like it's you an just, easy it's watch like, for sure right yeah and they're, and, they're pretty and, and funny and entertaining i really love them a lot i think that they're my, some of my favorite of the marvel movies but it's also interesting that like the generation that seems to love them the most are the baby boomer generation like and you know the generation after that like our parents generation in particular like my dad who hates marvel movies loves the guardian films. i think it's like the he, music or because they have that i think it's a little classic feel of those old kind of i don't know like not flash gordon kind of things but like well, flash uh, gordon yeah, star like, trek star yeah. wars and, and and as you mentioned you know the soundtracks i think are are a big part of it as well in terms of that selling point so like i have them at 17 and 19 in my marvel which is right in the middle um, which I think would be lower than a lot of people. I mean, but... I was disappointed. Like, I still like Guardians too, but I was disappointed that like Kurt Russell wasn't better utilized in the film and things like that. And and but I mean, this one again, like you know, we've talked about it before. Like, if there's a lot of death in this movie, it's like I just I'm kind of sick and tired of blockbusters always using Fatalism. death as a yeah. way out for a character instead of just saying like hey you know what they went on to like just retire or do something maybe else. they'll come yeah. back in 20 years maybe they won't just leave them alone <laughs> like, yeah you don't have to kill somebody off just to finalize it or make and i think that's misdirection i really do like i think yeah. maybe one person dies or one character dies but like Sean Gunn. I, yeah yeah <laughs> the one we all care about um i'm gonna say for now it's on the list because okay, I, I don't think we can not put a Marvel movie. It is a, if Matt Rohrbeck is involved in the list, it's got to have an MCU. Movie. Did you imagine if Tobin Bell was in a Marvel movie? <laughs> Could happen. Never say never. Every actor shows up eventually. Um, okay, we're at fifteen, so we still have lots of spots left. We got seven slots left so out of those smaller movies or those kind of um some of them aren't smaller movies per se but they're kind of either art house or indie movies anything on that group that you really want to push for yeah i i would say that i have two of them and they're the <laughs> becoming an a24 fanboy um i saw uh the tv like glow which okay. does sound really intriguing and i again really loved uh we're all going uh, to the world's fair which is like literally almost this single location drama about this young girl who kind of gets sucked into an online kind of mythology like you know um uh, what's the the like slender man like uh okay creepy pasta kind of stuff sure but it's more about loneliness and sort of like connecting with other people that kind of feel the same way um and you know the director has talked about it very openly that it is kind of a metaphor for their transitioning you know in in being transgender so i think like i'm very curious to see you know what this director is going to do with something that also might like focus on a period of time that we might be more familiar with in that you know there are certain shows that you watch when you are growing up that are kind of cult shows that you remember. It's like, Oh, do you remember eerie Indiana? Or do you remember, you know, this show or that show that was are that you afraid weird? Of the dark? Yeah. Even that <laughs> in a way, I mean, even though that was still yeah, more, more well known, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it still kind of was like Canadian first and then Nickelodeon picked it up for the U S but it just kind of feels 
interesting. And I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I mean, like, it's such a, an odd pitch. I like that because like, it's it's a movie that most people probably haven't thought about of coming out next year yeah. kind of thing. So I think that's an interesting And Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, no, the the concept won me over. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So, and then Love Lies Bleeding. I just, I don't know. Like, I I think Saint Maud is not a perfect movie by any means, but it's one of those films where it's like I could see Rose Glass kind of becoming like a bigger name with each movie. And if she is able to get people like Ed Harris and Kristen Stewart and Jenna Malone, you know, on and Dave Franco on board to make this weird movie about bodybuilders. Um, I think it's definitely worth considering because I, I think it's going to be one of those movies that a lot of people will be curious about partly because of Stuart being in it, but also it being, you know, this follow-up from it, like, like what's the tone going to be? Like, that's the other thing. Like, is it going to be melodramatic? Is it going to be a thriller? Is there going to be horror elements, you know, in terms of, of, um body modification in terms of you know changing your shape and size to fit you know an an industry standard and and the world of bodybuilding i think there is another bodybuilding movie though that is playing at um sundance with jonathan majors i think it's called magazine dreams um so bodybuilding is going to be hot in 2023 (laughs) i love it um it's on the list. I'm here for it. Okay, cool. So now we are at 18. This you know what? We got to throw Saw on there. We got to. We got to commit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. We're putting it on the list. Saw X. I just want that to be on this same list as some of these other movies. Um, <laughs> as Scorsese and Jonathan Glazer. And- yeah. Yeah. Saw X is on the list, baby. If we put a Saw movie, but not Nolan or Dune Part 2. <laughs> that is uh, saying something. Like, those are fighting words right there. Um, I think, uh, is the Jeremy Saulnier movie Rebel Ridge? Is that his? Or yeah. no, which one is it's his? A net, yeah, Rebel Ridge. I'd be open to that. You know, I, I, sure. I, I've loved his other stuff. Um Okay, we're getting there. Twenty or nineteen. Um, anything so else? What do we have left? End? That's 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 not on the list yet. All right, we've eliminated Renfield. I think uh, we've eliminated Love Lies Bleeding is on the list now. Elemental. Do we put a Pixar movie on the list? We usually we we have, we have enough animated, right? And I yeah. think because we have the Miyazaki movie, which maybe takes the Pixar slot. You know, kind of like a you know a Ghibli movie, kind of. Very different, obviously, but because um, we already have across the Spider Verse and how do you live? Do we have a third? Lily, one? how will you live? No, those are the two. Oh, and Super Mario Brothers. So, like, yeah. there's three animated movies. I think I'm with you. Where I'm all for an original Pixar movie. Um, very excited for Elemental. I, I like that little bit that we saw. Reminds me of Inside Out or. But also it kind of feels Um, like something we've seen before from Pixar, even though it is an original 
piece, it does kind of feel like we are getting back to, I mean, we're supposed to get inside out too at some point as well. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'd say wildwood for the same reasons gets, uh, yeah. Wildwood. It's like, wildwood's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I'm excited for it because I, I like, I like Leica. Um, Leica's done a lot of really good stuff. Um, but it's like, I don't know too much about it other than just the log line and the cast. And even like Missing Link was solid, but it wasn't as good as Kubo and the Two Strings or Coraline and, and, and things like that. So again, it's kind of like, it's it's up in the air where like when you hear, oh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is coming out. You need to see it first before you can really like, you know, like if it makes a best of list at the end of the year, like, it, you know, I'm not going to hold it against us that we didn't put it on, you know, the list. Cause it still is kind of like a, we'll see, you know, chili tea, love the guy, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree with all of that. Um, okay. So wildwood gets deleted. We put guardians on the list. So that goes, um, we're starting to weed this down. Um, I saw the TV glow we put on there. Um, Wonka, we haven't decided on yet. Okay, Argyle, we said probably not, even though I like I'm excited. Uh, okay, so we have how many slots left? Four slots left 20, 21, 22, 23. Uh, and here are the movies that are left Oppenheimer, Handling the Debt, Undead, May, December, The Royal Hotel, Strangers, True Love. Dune Part 2, Wonka, Dream Scenario, The Holdovers, and Monster. Here's another we can cut. I think we should cut Dream Scenario because it probably will be a 2024 release. Okay. So I think, like, even if it does come out this year, like, it it does say on IMDb 2024. So, you know, we're hedging our bets there. Yeah, we're going by that date. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you there. Anything else you feel strong about? One way or another. I I am like I really I really love handling the undead. Um, okay. And it's a neon release. It's gonna be those two stars from you know the worst person in the world. I don't know much about the director. So that's always kind of like the wild card there, where it's like you're basing it more on the property than the filmmaking itself. Um but if Neon picked it up, you know, they must believe in it. And it's not just simply because, you know, they released the worst person in the world. So. Yep. I'm reading about it now. It's based on a book, right? Yeah. From the the writer of uh, the author of the last, uh, the last of us, uh, let the right one in. <laughs> right, right, right. Sounds creepy. Okay. Potentially. Um, yeah. I mean, we got four slots left. So, I mean, if you, if you, want it it's on the list you give me the word do, do i want it do i want it uh so here's yeah, the, yeah. let's throw it let's th- that'll be my kind of like wild card pick all right is this going to be one of them that matt misses and then doesn't see kidding i'll try to see all of these well you saw the worst person um, in the world right which i liked quite a bit i think i liked it even more than you did yeah, and you saw Matt Reeves's uh, "Let Me In." I did. I never saw the originals, but I love his "Let Me In." I've been actually itching to rewatch that movie. Um, wanted to wa- rewatch it before the Batman, but I never got around. Little Batman. Uh, okay, we have our last 
uh, three picks. Um, so here's the thing. We're at a point. So we have the big boys here, which are Oppenheimer, Dune Part 2, and Wonka. I will put Wonka with the big boys. And then we have the smaller movies with May, December, The Royal Hotel, Strangers, True Love, The Holdovers, Monster. We have three spots left. Well, we should probably do one studio movie, mm-hmm. at least. One, one indie film. smaller movie, and then the last spot we'd figure out. Yeah. Okay, so let's decide the big one. Does it go to Oppenheimer, Dune Part 2, or Wonka? I think, we're I think it should either go spot. to Wonka or Oppenheimer. One of the two. Wonkenheimer? <laughs> really Wonka created <laughs> the atomic bomb. Um that's the uh historical fiction that Nolan's putting into the movie. I'm hmm. If you said Matt gun to your head right now, which movie do you want to see? Oppenheimer or Wonka? I think my gut says Oppenheimer. But Okay. What do you think? I want your. If I, said, I think Oppenheimer. Right now, what do you want to watch? Oppenheimer. Well, yeah, see? That's what it, I think. It, but, but part of it as well is just like I've seen some footage now of Oppenheimer. If That's you true. Where we, if without you... seeing the footage, I might have been, oh, maybe Wonka. Because again, like I'm basing it on Paul King, not necessarily uh, Timothee. Um, you know, so. But again, like I. It's one of those things again where. <laughs> Wonka could end up being Top Gun Maverick in a way. So, but I, I but I, I think mean, but I think of those three, if I had to pick one right now, it would be Oppenheimer. I think so too. Part of me wanted to be Spicy Boys, but I feel like our guts are telling us we're still those college age film bros at heart that just want a new Nolan. Movie. We're not trolling <laughs> Nolan as of yet, right? Um. So I, uh, I definitely, um, what is my mom asking? Sorry. One sec. She's asking Uh, if you put any Marvel movies on the list. Yes. Guardians three. Uh, okay. I'm with you on that. Um, I'm with you. Sorry. She's trying to get into our Amazon prime account. Uh, so that's the, what is she going to watch? Um, hopefully invincible. And then, uh, okay. So Oppenheimer on the list. So now out of those smaller movies of May, December, the Royal hotel strangers, true love, the holdovers and monster. Um, what would you choose or what do you think? That is a very good question. Um, it, it's tough because it's like, I really like Todd Haynes as a filmmaker. I don't know if May, December is going to be finished in time. I don't know how big of a production that is. It's also the first time he's not working with Ed Latchman. Um, The Royal Hotel, I think, is done. And that reteaming of Kitty Green and Julia Garner could be the beginning of, you know, a Scorsese De Niro kind of thing. It again, like it seems like it's going to be dealing with a lot of, you know, issues that will get under your skin, but do it in a way that's not, you know, um, upfront about it. It's very subtle and kind of, again, like you have to 
read between the lines, which is always great. Um, I'm leaning towards you. I know, but what 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 do you think of those movies? Like, what are you thinking? Um, other than Arby's, I I don't know. Like, what do you think? I know I'm pushing it back on you that I would vibe with the most. Todd Haynes, like, I I'm I haven't even seen Carol, which I blasphemous to some people. I know I liked Wonderstruck a lot. Dark Waters is fine. Um. Did I like Dark Waters? I can't remember it. Okay. Mark Ruffalo yeah. is the lawyer that goes against the DuPont family. And then some of his early stuff I haven't, uh, haven't Safe seen. Safe is great. Like him working with Julianne Moore again in a lead role I think is kind of cool. Um, and working with Natalie Portman for the first time. Um, um, let me look through. We can keep talking through each one. And then you have the Royal Hotel, which is um, just like looking all of these up and trying to, this isn't what I'm looking for. What's the Royal Hotel again, Eric? Sorry. Uh, Kitty Green, uh, the director of The Assistant, where uh, two friends travel to a hotel where they have to deal with um, horrible working environments and things like that, so. And Strangers is a high uh, high concept sci-fi um, idea that like a writer or someone gets drawn back into. This is the one. Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal, Claire Foy, Jamie Bell movie. Yeah, is this it? Okay. Yeah, a loose adaptation of the novel Strangers, second film adaptation of the novel after the 1988 Japanese film The Discarnates. Interesting. Adam, a screenwriter living in London, discovers in his childhood home his long-dead parents looking the same as they did 30 years ago after an encounter with his neighbor, Harry. That definitely sounds cool. Sounds interesting. Andrew Hay is the director? Yeah, he directed Lean on Pete. uh, Also, Looking, um, 45 Years uh weekend okay and then we have true love which please jump in if i'm while i'm looking if you want to talk about these movies I forget. which is uh gareth edwards right oh yeah 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 yeah. the gareth edwards movie we don't really know much about it's hard to put a movie you made good points about you know his his track record since monsters being kind of like you know i think godzilla and rogue one are good films but did he need help on both of those um possibly or did he need help or did the studio need it to be a movie that they wanted so how much of it is really him um that's a good point and then the holdovers is alexander payne Mm -hmm. um that sounded good i like alexander payne quite a bit um although downsizing it's been yeah. a while. It's it's going to be six years since that movie, and but I wow. love Nebraska and the Descendants, and I now pronounce you choking Larry, which I forgot he wrote uh, or co-wrote. Um, Sideways is great. 
I forgot he did. Maybe we right, do the holdovers then. Maybe the holdovers. Is yeah, I do with. like Alexander Payne quite a bit. And then Monster is Coriata. Coriata. I don't um, think anything's known on it yet. Right. So yeah, maybe we go with Alexander Payne. I I, I like you know Nebraska and, and I'm. I know some people don't like the Descendants, but I really liked it. Um, when it came out, haven't seen it since then, but maybe this is a good time to rewatch it. Downsizing was just not good, though. <laughs> no, but this sounds almost like it's go. He's going back to what he's something good at. he's yeah. All right, I think. Oh wait, how many we have? Oh, we have that final spot. I'm like, how do we have one more spot? And then the holdovers. All right, two hours forty six minutes. We'll probably wrap this up around the three hour mark. Oh boy, um, that's a long podcast. We haven't done one of these in a while, and the first one of the year, of course, is a three hour one. Um, <laughs> so now we decide. Do you, time, do you want to mark this with a time code? No, because okay. they they get a time code just for us making the list. Uh, the final movie doesn't get its own special shout out. Okay. Well, I was thinking like at the end of this, like when we do, our, I will do one like, for when I just yeah. read the, read the list out. Um, yeah. Which you'll also be able to get as a letterbox list over on untitled underscore movies over on letterbox, but I'll plug all that shit at the end. All right, Eric, one last film. Do we go off the board? Do we, is there something we forgot about? Do we, do we go with Wonka? Do we go, you know what? We are excited for Dune Part 2. Do we go, oh, one of these smaller movies I do really want to have on the list? I can read you what we have. And if you like, we might need to make adjustments too, right? Like, we might go, this is skewing this way too much, skewing that way too much, or if we like the list. So, how about I read the list as it is right now? Sure. We'll see if we like how it kind of feels and then decide so <laughs> how does um, it feel baby so here's 22 out of the 23 most anticipated films of 2023 the iron claw the super mario brothers movie mission impossible dead reckoning part one spider-man across the spider-verse killers of the flower moon the killer barbie Bo is afraid the zone of interest poor things the bike riders Saltburn. how do you live uh, bottoms guardians of the galaxy volume three i saw the tv glow love lies bleeding saw 10 rebel ridge handling the undead oppenheimer and the holdovers i think it's a cool list so far i mean i, I think, think it's a pretty a, good list. i think we have a good mix of blockbuster uh, award stuff, awards baity kind of stuff, but still in that kind of auteur filmmaker focused movie that we kind of uh, are attracted to. Um, we, I think, have some stuff some people probably haven't heard of. Some big stuff, obviously, people have heard of. Um, I like the mix of movies here. I think even more than our other years, we have some kind of deep cuts in there that you brought to the table that. Are deep cuts right now. I think I'm a when deep people, boy. <laughs> I think Eric likes to go deep. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> Who I, I, um, I think it's a good mix of stuff. I think once people understand what the movies are, they'll go, Oh, I, I do like that director, or I've heard of those movies those people have done, or whatever. So, much like I did in this conversation. So, uh, in that last pick, I'm going to go open up 2023 in film on Wikipedia. 
The yes. only thing that I will say that like it, it and it's harder to pick something because you really don't know until it plays at a festival or it gets announced through like someone picking it up are documentaries. I think yeah. documentaries are the tougher ones to kind of anticipate certain things because you don't know when they're also going to get a release or when they're shooting or how long they're shooting for. Like there's no, like all the beauty and the bloodshed, a movie that we both really loved on the doc side of things. We, we wouldn't have put on it. Not, we wouldn't have, we just didn't think of putting it on our list last no, year. No. Cause we didn't know that it was coming out and we didn't know that it was even on, anyone's radar you know so there there will probably be something that is like that you know whether it be at hot docs or sundance or you know toronto this year so it's, it's eric just we're, i know at the time this podcast comes out we're only two days away or whatever but megan can still go on the list so <laughs> it might it might have to it, we might have oh. to make that final statement um you know? i'm going through i thought about missing because i really did like um searching searching quite a bit but not gonna make the list it's also january um, i know most of the january stuff i'm not even thinking about so um plane i'm excited for plane man. <laughs> <laughs> that's our first breast screening of the year i'm psyched um i didn't even bring up things like aqua aquaman uh the color purple um trolls three um paw patrol i know i like the first one so paw patrol the mighty movies coming um my nephew is also digging paw patrols and he's one <laughs> that paw patrol movie not that bad Pretty no good. it's fine it's yeah it's very digestible and craven the hunter we forgot about by jc shandor um next goal wins uh we didn't really talk about um the Taika Waititi movie but I think we both kind of are burnt not out on soured it. but burnt out is a good way of putting it um can't believe I haven't brought up The Expendables 4 by Oh that is tempting. Otour Scott Wall. <laughs> um Well I mean if it's not of, Stallone, you know. Director of Active Valor, that horrible garbage oh, piece God. of shit. <laughs> and Need for Speed. Um and he directed Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain. Uh, oh, boy. Um, the Nun 2. Two, 2 coming out? The Nun 2, The Equalizer 3. I can't believe they're making a third one. I don't even think they I do saw well. the second one. Um, Pedro's in that one, Pedro Pascal. Um, is he? Yeah. Cool. Uh, they Listen, uh, it's a Chris White's movie, uh, Untitled Please Don't Destroy film. What the fuck is that? Um, oh, it's a comedy group, I guess. Blue Beetle. Uh, oh, Luca Guadagnino's Challengers we never brought Ooh, up. Yeah, that might be one to consider. See, there, I knew there I mean, would be like, something that we forgot. Who knows, who knows what, will, what will be this year's Barbarian? Uh, Neil no, Blomkamp's like... Gran Turismo. <laughs> like, um <laughs> The year it's the year of the video game adaptation. I'm telling you, like, who knows? What like, what will be the plot? Uh, I think it's a meta. I thing, mean, there's right? a guy who hasn't made a movie in a while that you'd think you'd be excited uh, for his next thing. Excuse me, demonic. Did he make he did it a couple years? Yeah, it's did a virtual possession movie. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I didn't know that. He, oh, he did. Yeah, I had no terrible. idea it even came out, bro. Um, that's telling you what. I had no idea. You saw it? Yeah. I had no idea it even came out. 
Oh, I see why I didn't know. Okay. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But there's a guy like I, I, you know, after District Nine and even Elysium to an extent, which isn't a great movie, but like, um, still interesting. Chappie um, killed his career. Yeah, Chappie kind of <laughs> fucked everything. I am up, Chappie. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big. I, I haven't played more of the recent ones, but, um, I, my dad really loves the Gran Turismo games, and i like well, playstation I, 2 had part three like it was almost mm-hmm. like that's the one you get with every oh yeah every new console you get the gran turismo so you can show off the graphics and everything right yeah um, it's a demo disc i like the idea of it's it's not necessarily adapting the game but it has like a meta plot where he it's about that story about a kid who played gran turismo and learned how to become a race car driver and then actually started professionally racing cars because he learned in gran turismo so i like that of like it's a game that is impossible to adapt because it's just a car racing game um need for speed yeah but need for speed actually has plots in the games right where gran turismo is just a pretty car racing game so like i think it's kind of an interesting uh concept and you know the cast is interesting you got david harbour um orlando bloom jaiman hansu um we also have the Haunted Mansion movie, Meg 2, The Trench, the Ben Wheatley um, movie, which I think we're both interested in because Ben Wheatley's directing it. Um, I'm just going through other movies quickly. New Insidious films coming and Patrick Wilson is directing it. Um, Untitled Adele. Oh, I thought they just said Untitled Adele movie. And it's Adele Lim movie, which is just the director's name. Um, okay. Uh, Asteroid City. Oh, we didn't put Asteroid City on the list, eh? Are we? No, we didn't. Huh. Huh. So that's another contender to consider. I can't believe we just forgot Asteroid City for some reason. Um, Asteroid. Because I think it's partly because of French Dispatch kind of being a little bit underwater. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, that is probably true. But we have two Wes Anderson movies potentially being released this year. So does one of them make the list? Can't believe we forgot about The Flash, Eric. That should be number one on our most anticipated. I can't I mean, believe before I, all of this, I, I mean, know. I would have because of, the because Michael, of Keaton Michael Keaton, stuff, Keaton right? Yeah, you can't. Like, it just seems like a pointless endeavor. Um, going through what else do we got we got about my father don't know don't care about little mermaid we skipped over a lot like all the disney live action remakes at this point is just like i'll watch it but you gotta prove me wrong (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) waiting for oliver and company the live action remake uh book club two the next chapter the bcu is in full force um 80 for brady oh, 80 for brady have you watched that trailer yet <laughs> yeah it's so funny it's terrible it's awful my nevis was so excited she watched it and she's like matt it comes out when we're in florida let's go take your whole family to see it I oh was my like, god that weirdly like, that is a perfect florida movie. yeah even though it's about the new england patriots but tom brady is does play for a florida team now but like um it does seem like the perfect right so yeah, like it does feel like a Florida movie. Um, 
it looks fucking horrible, but in a hilarious way. Um, Evil Dead Rise, um, yep. we never talked about, which, you know, I know you're a big Evil Dead guy. I don't know what you're... Just a deadhead, man. I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, you like... I mean, at this point, like, it's been remade, you know, already with, you know, Fede Alvarez. Why, why not? Like, I'm not against... It, it's just it's one of those movies where it's like i need to see it just to kind of like alt- like i'm for it i'm not against it it's just like i'm it's not necessarily on my radar like i need to see this right away um it's more like oh like if it's good like that's great it's just that there's been so many iterations of it and like even with ash versus you know the evil dead it's just kind of like i think it it's run its course so if this is a way of reinventing it in, in a clever new way I, i'm all for it you know Another Shazam movie. No one cares. Um, You've been Shazam. There is stuff early in the year that I am very excited for, but I feel like you waste a slot, right? Like even Magic yeah. Mike, which I'm pretty psyched and for. And yeah, Megan, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, okay, so I've gone through now that. I think Asteroid City and Challengers is like the two that kind of like it's like oh yeah those we for, we did albums. forget about those yeah yeah where i feel like i would put both of those on the list possibly or or one of them i feel like you don't want to bump anything off that we have on there for no, one I of think those we have a really good list like i almost then feel like i would put the challengers okay and i was gonna go with asteroid city just because like Ooh. i'm i know with you it's kind of the opposite effect. I like right? Wes Anderson more than Luke. I, I like Luca Guadagnino a yeah. lot, but I think Bones and All. I'm I'm on that kind of like that high with Bones and All right Where now. It's the like, opposite for Anderson, right? Yeah, and I I totally understand that, but I guess I lean more to what filmmaker. I'm more like I collect overdoing over. that than I would I would say Asteroid City. That's just me yeah. personally, but like again, I think it would. I always go with the gut instinct of if someone said, which one, if you could watch right now, would you watch? What, and, what are the release dates? Do they have release dates? Because uh, they sometimes both even do, that's yeah. Telling. Challengers is August 11th. Um, weird release date. Um, and it's being released by MGM. Um, and then uh, Asteroid City is June 16th. So they both okay. have interesting release dates. Well, Wes Anderson uh, movies usually kind of get those releases, at least the more recent stuff in the and, first and that'll be post can. So you got to think Asteroid City probably at can, right? Yeah, I'd say then Asteroid City. You know, like I, I, I I'm curious about the Luca Guadagnino movie, especially because he's done, you know, two horror movies back to back, and now it seems like he's going into more of a, like a tennis movie comedy of errors melodrama kind of thing but wes anderson like i and i i I liked everything i've seen of luca guadagnino's but wes anderson's one of those guys where it's like yeah i'm i'll i'll always be down to see what he does i just hope that i just really do hope that this is good because like if this is also a disappointment and then we have you know the world doll adaptation as well it's just like is that too much anderson in one year Two Andersons in one year might be too much. Um, but if one, one's an animated Ghost, movie, right? right? One is an animated yeah. movie. So 
um i've loved his animated stuff so yeah. i think i like his animated stuff even more than his live action so i mean all of his shit is basically a cartoon but um <laughs> like but he just went full force cartoon on uh fantastic mr fox and isle of dogs yeah like i just feel like his movies are essentially you know live action cartoons and i don't mean that as an insult at all i mean it as a compliment but like Grand Budapest Hotel, I think is when it finally clicked with me. And I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, but it has made me want to go back and rewatch his whole filmography, which most of it's on Disney Plus because he's worked with, you know, 20th Century Fox and Searchlight. Touchdown. And, um, yeah. Buena Vista Pictures early in his career. Um, okay. I think we got it, Eric. Are you happy with this list? I'm going to read it I'm out. I'm happy with this list. Yeah. I am happy as well. Um, final time code three hours and two minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it's a beefy one. Three people um, will watch this. I think some people will watch it in chunks or listen to it in chunks, but, um, Hey, if anyone share it with your friends, if you, if someone's like, Hey, they go down basically every fucking movie that's coming out next year. So, uh, yeah. go listen to these clowns. All right. We're not selfish here, people. We go down here is Untitled's 23 most anticipated films of 2023 in no particular order. I usually do this in alphabetical, but I haven't rearranged it yet, and I'm too tired to do that right now. So It's been three hours. Uh, it's, all, yeah. it's all right, man. Cut me some slack. So here are the 23 films. We have The Iron Claw, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Killer, Barbie, Bo is Afraid, The Zone of Interest, Poor Things, The Bike Riders, Saltburn, How Do You Live, um, Bottoms, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, I Saw the TV Glow, Love Lies Bleeding, Saw 10, Rebel Ridge, Handling the Undead, Oppenheimer, The Holdovers, and Asteroid City. It's interesting we went with Asteroid City over Wonka for that final spot. We went with actual Legitimate Wes Anderson <laughs> over possible Anderson. Diet Anderson. Yeah, Diet Anderson. Um, actually, you know, Paul, I shouldn't say that because Paul King, you know, those two movies do absolutely rip with Paddington, but um, very much. Uh, diet anderson at side uh, you could just jokingly say that uh, i'm happy with this list i think it's cool um now what will be our predictions on i don't want to go too early before we wrap is what has the what is a slam dunk pick and what is going to be that movie that you're worried about on this list that could go either way well, the slam dunk is obviously Saw X. Um, <laughs> no, Saw X could definitely be the one where we're like, yep, Matt made us put that on there, and it's a one out of five. <laughs> like, yep. Um, um, you know what? I, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where like, you can, you can say, oh, well, the next Mission Impossible movie is going to be great no matter what, but it could be the one that kind of like feels like it's running out of steam at this point. Or, um, you know, like you could look at a lot of the kind of a tour filmmakers that we have on there, like someone like Scorsese where it's like, okay, well maybe this didn't work as well as I'm more excited for this than, you know, you know how I felt about, uh, 
what's it called on Netflix? The, old the Irishman. Irishman. My brain's not working. <laughs> the old what? The old guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> the old Irish dudes. Uh, <laughs> but the Irishman. I, I am more excited for Killers of the Flower Moon, like it being kind of more of a, you know, a crime drama again and a thriller. Um, yeah, we didn't even include a uh, Ridley Scott's movie either. Oh, Napoleon. I don't Napoleon. fucking care about Napoleon. <laughs> um, I don't. Can we put that on a, po- on a poster quote? Like I, a poster? I mean, you know, I'm ex- I, any Ridley I Scott movie. Like, it could go either way for me, though. Like, he's yeah. one of those guys that's like a flip a coin kind of thing where um, I'll always watch his stuff and I'll be excited to but see it. But it's not necessarily but... going to be on a. a most anticipated list like after last duel in house of gucci like i don't i and you know even alien covenant all the money in the world like i i don't know the martians last thing i really loved so i and then that's a year after exodus gods and kings and the counselor so like it's like i i don't know like he's one of those guys that yeah i i'm curious every time he keeps working and he's fucking pumping those movies out and I like Walking Phoenix and I like Vanessa Kirby and like I'm, but I just, I don't, and Napoleon, I'm like, I don't fucking care. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll go see it, but I'm not like, yeah, fucking Napoleon. Um, I'm going to bought apart this screening. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know how we got there. Oh, what movies might be. I'm sort of worried about Bo is afraid. I'm very excited for it. And I think, you know, I just sometimes you, you get two in a row. I'm worried about that third one. You know, can he can you do three right. in a row of of and the rumors that it might be four hours long or what the hell the movie's even about? Um, we should get a trailer relatively soon. They put out that poster, right? Um, yeah, but who the fuck knows? Um, I have no idea what that movie's going to be, but I'm a little. It could be that one. Go, yep, that one didn't work for me. That's what I'm right now putting that away and seeing if that's how I feel about that movie. I'm still still excited. And who knows? It's so I'm talking about so early. We haven't seen anything from a movie just, you know, that not a gut feeling, but one of those things of looking at the past of what I vibed with and whatnot, or I could just go, that was fucking incredible. Yeah. I also think that like, it is maybe too soon. Like the way that, you know, you put that kind of a tour pressure status on, somebody that's only made a couple of movies and while they have a vision and a style that's distinct it's like you know the an endorsement from someone like scorsese is both a blessing and a curse because it puts that added pressure of you always have to deliver you know what you're expected to you know what what you've been perceived as being and delivering that kind of movie and always you know giving that slam dunk kind of film so with Bo is afraid. Um, you know, it, it it could just be the case of like maybe too much, or maybe he loses control of what he wanted to make, or loses sight of it, or maybe yeah, maybe it's one of like the finest cinematic achievements that like a like a truly like this is Ari Aster is one of the greatest filmmakers ever. I mean, ultimately, we'll still have. Um, both hereditary and midsummer so um you know that doesn't change those movies and and i'm just throwing wild speculation out there of how i'm going to feel about some of these movies but who knows until you see them um i'm pumped man 
this was fun. We haven't done a yes. marathon episode like this in a long ass time. So um, thank you all. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome to 2023. We are excited about these movies. We'll be covering these 23 films for the most part, even though like there were a few last year that we didn't technically cover just because of like how things worked out. But we will talk about them at one point or another and i'm excited to see what movie not on this list will skyrocket to our number one film of the year because like i don't know from the last couple years if we always put our most anticipated film like was it our number one film because what was your number one film two years ago it was after sun this year I never remember who the fuck knows, no. but these are all interesting things. Like you mentioned Top Gun Maverick. I've mentioned RRR, everything everywhere all at once. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, what other surprise will, will come? I probably did talk about that movie though when we did our most anticipated. Um, but we will be back. Our first reviews of the year uh, will be Megan. I think will be our first review of 2023. Um, Again, not plain. Uh, but we also have Sundance coming up too. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll be covering as much as we can um, at the Sundance Film Festival. That'll be an interesting one to try to schedule on our ends uh, with my wife working from home sometimes, but we'll figure that out. Uh, probably just do them in batches on the weekend or whatever. But uh, it's going to be a fun year. It's year five. I think we've been doing this half a decade at this point, this show, which is insane um doesn't make any sense to me like i know we've been doing this for a long time in various formats and various places but for untitled to be on it's like fifth year starting and like we're finishing our fifth year or we're finishing the fourth year going into five no i think it's finishing fifth year um it's pretty wild 2018 right is when we started or was it 2017 yeah I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Again, my yeah, brain's mush. I'm excited either way. Works I'm um, way nowadays. I I can't tell. <laughs> I'm pumped. Uh, stay tuned uh, for Plane and Megan. Um, we're starting off with those January movies, baby. Who knows what the hell we're gonna get? Are they gonna be terrible? Most likely, but hopefully in a fun way. Um, or maybe they'll be genuinely good. We have no idea. I hope Megan becomes a bad yeah, I mean, or a malignant. It's always nice to have something early on in the year, whether it be in the first few months or, you know, something like everything everywhere all at once, you know, like having that film that kind of gets you through that reminds you of like, oh, there is good stuff out there. And obviously, you know, we'll probably be talking about, how to blow up a pipeline again when it gets its release, which I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, in the first half of the year, um, you know, cause again, like it played at Toronto. So something like that is a movie that we'll definitely talk up again. Absolutely. Uh, go check out our other reviews. Uh, we just put up a review for Damien Chazelle's Babylon. If you're one of the four people who went to go see it in theaters, uh, there's a review it's spoiler free. So even if you didn't see it in theaters, um, you can check it out on uh, this way <laughs> without seeing the movie. Uh, we have a review for Avatar, The Way of Water in Dolby Cinema 3D HFR, uh, a review of James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy holiday special, but we've been kind of on break um, for the last uh, little while. 
Um, but our last episode was our best movies of 2022. So go check that out. Um, and we'll be, you know, covering everything this year. I'm excited. Eric's gone. I think he just dropped out his internet or something like that. So I will wrap the show. Um, go check out everything at our one-stop shop, which is untitled underscore movies over on letterboxd. Uh, but you can also get us on podcast services and on YouTube. So please go subscribe over there as well. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can uh, follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. Uh, if you want to catch more of Eric's work, uh, catch him at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and follow him on all those social medias at em 6211 We'll be back next week with some reviews. I hope you guys liked this marathon episode. Peace.